Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. All right, welcome to Unregimented, number 231. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rick. I'm Todd. Yes. Whirlwind week. Huh. Yeah. Are we in new shotgun territory again? New shotgun territory? Oh, oh, yeah, new shotgun. shotgun. New shotgun, yes. Yes. Yeah, so we'll just pack the shotgun right now. So the, let's let's get the Trump Russia talk out of the way. I don't want to talk forever about this. Shot. But yeah, the opening salvo, the the latest on the Trump investigation or the Russia investigation puts Trump as a subject of said investigation, specifically not. Being referred to as a target of the investigation. This seems to be information that's coming from Trump's lawyers because they were the ones who were told that uh, that he was a subject and not defined as a target. So, what does that really mean? What as, as far as we got nothing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It sounds to me like Mueller is or Mueller, however you say it, it's Mueller, Mueller. right? It sounds like I he's trying Mueller. to uh, sort of back away and lower expectations of uh, what people are, think are going to come out of this investigation to me. That's what it sounds like. All right. But, you know, there's many different spins on it. it the, the One of the more popular ones is that this is, is bait to get him to testify. That a, per, I mean, a, a subject of an investigation could easily turn into a target of an investigation based on their testimony. Right, if he incriminates like, himself. People right. who want to see him go down can tell themselves whatever they want. But, I mean, let's just look at the fact here. We're almost a year into it, and we really got nothing. Like, the the, I, the person who looks okay. like he's going to see the most jail at the moment this is Manafort. Is why, this is why I avoid this conversation sometimes. Because he, this, you how can you possibly say... You can't say that he has nothing any more than I can say definitively he has something. Because at some point... The investigation no. is going to why, why is there eclipse a time limit on? the length of the campaign. Sure. You know, sometimes breakups take as long as the fucking time you were together. <laughs> How long did Watergate take? <laughs> that was like three years, wasn't it? Sure. I mean, yeah, it's just just because it's a year in and they haven't, you know, filed charges and had Moses come down from on high with these tablets of indictments doesn't really mean much. I mean, but I mean, I'm talking about like nothing, not even close. I'm not even not, talking. I'm not even talking yeah. for a smoking gun. I'm talking about something at least maybe leading to a smoking gun. Right. And it's I, not that, being. It's conjecture. not being. Yeah, and it's not being investigated publicly either. They don't, you know, send dispatches to MSNBC and CNN to let you personally know what they've found. You don't know. Well, yeah, and Chris, this may actually change. There, there may be something coming up in the near future that 
will change your mind on what they've been doing this last year because we'll see if it sees the light of day. But part of the uh, agreement, contract, whatever it is that that puts Mueller in this position is that he report on his findings with the the intention of, you know, this is a high-profile case. We're talking about investigating the the President of the United States that people have a right to know. Um, Whether everything that they've been investigating is, is going to be in that report, probably not. This is definitely going to be, you know, specific information that they feel isn't going to jeopardize the investigation, but will inform the public on it. Um, this report will go to, I think it is Nunez, <laughs> and he will decide whether whether that report goes public or not. Well, thank God it's Devin Nunez. I feel confident. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I, I don't, I don't know how to read Nunez I mean, honestly. Like he. He wants to like try and walk this line between not being manipulated and, and and being totally bullied by the Trump administration. Uh, like I, I, just, I guess we'll, we'll to see me that's it. another thing that has me hold no hope for it because okay, so someone who is essentially on Trump's team gets to look at it and decide whether like it's it, it's like the, the game is rigged, man. Like that's how I feel. Like no matter what, it's. Well, that's the. He's I think that's the bigger his, point, though. Chris. Explain, legislate, or pardon his way out of it. Like in in that case, then it, it doesn't may, matter it what color the tie is. That's just it's more not faith in the government because that's just what they do. Well, well, sure. If that's your belief, then it's kind of meaningless as to whether this investigation has anything on Trump or not. Well, don't don't saying, dismiss what you're saying that. is that it's not going to make a difference anyway. Don't dismiss that attitude out of hand, though, Aaron, because the lack of faith in the failure of the institutions is systemic. It does, it's not just Chris. It doesn't matter on some level what happens to the other half of the country. Either way you go, half of the country isn't going to believe it. You could come out with damning evidence that has videotape of Trump French kissing Putin with his thumb in his butt. And saying, yes, thank you for helping me collude in this in, in this election. The other half of the country will not believe it no matter what. I mean, I understand what you're saying sure. as far as saying that directly to Chris. But that attitude uh, is something that's going to have to be dealt with one way or another, no matter what the outcome of this investigation is. It may not matter. It may literally not matter how it goes. It, certainly. It's, it, it, this <laughs> this uh, scandal I'm putting in, in air quotes... <laughs> With the Stormy Daniels and his other trysts, I, I, none of this is sticking to him. It makes that's it, just it's not, it's not even a Melania question of whether people believe it or not. It's just well, they don't would? give a fuck. What would stick? What do you right. think, honestly? I'm asking all three of you. What do you think would be the one thing that, with the half of the country that supports him and believes his narrative, doesn't trust the mainstream media, the liberal media? For whatever reason, right well, and wrong, what would stick? What we have to do? I honestly no, don't. I don't know even think that. Would, I don't even think that would work, Chris. It, really? It, it used to oh. be that there were certain things that could cut through the noise, and I mean, look at Watergate. It was the tapes, right? If right. tapes came out now, nobody Doc- would believe them because they could say they were doctored. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe so Todd. I, maybe if he like repealed the Second Amendment. So. There's really he nothing can't. that can stick. If he if you can't, have, 
<laughs> that's the thing. Is let's let's try to yeah. keep it within the realm of possibility. He specifically cannot repeal the Second Amendment. So what would he have to do? What would have to stick to him? I think the only thing I can think of off the top of my head there would have to be no. I mean the the only thing even close to it. Let's put it that way. That I can think of is there would have to be a paper trail of just a fucking a, a, like like a cemetery worth of abortions on <laughs> that, that he's paid for with mistresses and. No, it, it, no, I don't think but, that would do hold, it either. Hold on. No, they me, all, it would all come back as fabricated evidence. Okay, well, thank you for stepping on the, on the punchline, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sorry. It's mighty Caucasian, y'all. <laughs> okay, that's, my, that's the point. That's the point, isn't it? Where It doesn't matter anymore. People that's, believe yeah. what they want to believe. Yeah. And this is, this is this, welcome to 2018 in America. And this, this, this has not happened overnight. This is not all on Trump. This is just as much on the left. Yep. They've been doing it. They've been pushing this bullshit where, oh, it's feelings over facts. It's your truth. <laughs> all this bullshit. And the right said, you know what? Yeah, that works for you. We're going to try it. Yeah, they've been having a fucking field day with it. And if you want to get right down to it, just like all these SJWs say that there is no such thing as white culture. White people just steal from everybody else's culture. Yeah, but you know what we do when we steal other people's culture? We perfect it really fucking well. So thank we're, we're you. Like thank you, far left. Thank you, far left. Appreciate that. We're like the apple of races. Honestly, I, I think uh, I, I, I appreciate starting off with a story like this, but I think that from this point forward, and you guys, I, you know, obviously, you can disagree with me if you want, but I, I think that needs to be the crux of the conversation because I don't think it really matters that – with with a conversation like Trump and with a conversation that has something to do with this Russia investigation or guns or anything else, it doesn't matter. The the debate, the facts, and the discourse, whatever, however you want to frame it and however you want to engage in it doesn't matter because of how it's going to per- be perceived and received by the different factional cults that populate our country now. That's the story now. Right. Even concrete things that we can look at and say, yes, there is a, uh, uh, a, a what, do, what do we call it? a caravan, a caravan of immigrants heading towards our border, and there is another caravan of National Guard heading towards our border as well from the other direction. I, it's like and Mad the, Max. And the, but the meaning of this is totally dependent on what your, your preset beliefs are. Yep. You know, I mean, sending the National Guard to guard our borders is nothing new to any president. Well, it, it, I don't know how what the the phrase of this is. I don't I don't know how to pronounce it, but com, uh, posse comitatus or comitatus, however you want to phrase it, is okay. that the military? The military, it's against <laughs> it's unconstitutional to use the military for domestic law enforcement. You can't do that now. Is guarding the border from illegal immigration, is that domestic law enforcement? A lot of people think it is, and some people think it isn't. But one, there is a, a, a really strong argument to be made that you cannot deploy National Guard or Army troops to the streets for law enforcement purposes. Yeah, so, I, and again, but again, it comes back to how you perceive it. You see what I mean? Right. How, how, how you're going to receive that argument is going to be based on how you see this caravan of people coming up from the South, right? And how you're going to perceive the actual words that are in the law. Like, yeah, you could make the argument that it's more about national security than a local right. thing. Like, yeah, it's it, fucked yeah, up. It's, a, it's, in a, it's in a gray area. It's in a really, really gray area. 
Yeah. Well, and you're going to fall on either side that uh, your your ideological doctrine does. What I mean, I know that he wants to. He has this plan to ramp up ICE. He has this. You know, they're going to hire thousands of more people for the border, and this is something that George Bush tried to do. I mean, he, he did to some effect, but it had no lasting effect because basically threw a bunch of newbies in there who didn't know what the fuck they were doing and ended up getting fired or quitting after a couple of years anyway. So there, there's, I think we've already seen that there's no easy way to just say, hey, we want thousands of more trained professionals at our border to guard us. <laughs> but well, what is it? Why the National Guard? What do they do that ICE can't do on their own other than is, is it just a numbers thing? Pretty much, yeah. They got anti-Mexican missiles. Yeah. They're going to just shoot them into the air. It puts more firearms on the border. Makes people feel safer? No, it's well, no. I don't think it has anything to do with safety. I think it's, I think it's the optics of it. I think yeah. he likes the optics of him you know, sending the military, the deified military, to protect us from the Auslanders and the invading hordes from Guatemala. Well, it's the same thing when he was talking about he wanted the military parade. That's just nothing right. but a dick, uh, uh, you know, look at how big my, my, my military dick is. That's what, that's what other countries do. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what we see in the propaganda from other countries. You know, <laughs> Not good Russia, countries either. North Korea. <laughs> yeah, Chile. you know, yeah. and I mean, that's... that's it's what he, it's. I don't. It's what he is, man. It's what he is. He's an you indecisive. Know. Whoever talks to him last gets gets his ear. Jackass, and people like that because most people are indecisive jackasses. I and at this point, it's just like, I, can we just start the civil war and get it over with? All right. Rest of us just. I'm close enough to Canada. Don't matter to me. I have no felonies. Well, I can go across the border. Look, look at this mess over the tariffs. It, this this trade war that it's, it, he feels confident that he can win, although I don't I don't know how you win a trade war anyway. Well, did you see but where it, he it escalated like, it's it like, tonight? It's like it's dictated by Fox News. Did you see where he escalated that tonight? Yeah, he he wants another what hundred trillion billion dollars. Hundred billion dollars. Okay, I, I, mm-hmm. and the because he he um, the memo he sent to the guy i don't remember i don't have it up in front of me but it said because of china's unfair retaliation so what do you what do you think china's going to do now (laughs) are they just going to take it in the butthole or are they going to retaliate again is there going to be another unfair retaliation (laughs) you see what i mean right let's just whip them out like let's just get it over with isn't it this is really where this is going with this guy That, that he yeah. is like the—he's the asshole in high school who got elected president. I mean, I—I I, I have to—I have to acknowledge I was wrong about something here. I think it was maybe a month ago when this first uh, came out—the trade war thing. I, I said on the show, and I said I, I might be wrong about this. I remember saying that, but I said this may just be for show, and this just may be bluster and him talking about imposing. No, right, he's diversion doing it. for. Uh, yeah. I think the, when the Stormy this, Daniels stuff right. really started blowing up. Uh, well, I was off. <laughs> This is certainly not a diversion, and this is something that, uh, you know, for most of the stuff that we talk about internationally doesn't affect you and I most yeah. of the time. It doesn't affect our personal daily lives. This will. Absolutely. This is something everybody, all of the thousands of unregimented listeners should be worried about because this is going to affect you when you go to the fucking store. 
yep. every time, every single time. And I, I hope you can, you know, keep yourself consoled with the warm glow of national economic pride that your president is standing up for your best interest as, you know, the price of, I don't know, some Chinese, whatever I, the fuck the tariffs are on. Whiskey? I, did I see that? Was whiskey one of them? That's one of them. Yeah. So hey, the price well, of that was, that was, money because of the tax plan, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that all we have all that uh, that much more so you, uh, money in our check to offset it. Yeah, but, you know, so you lose it all to tariff wars. I mean, uh-huh. that, I I think you could still be right and wrong at the same time on this though, because yeah. th- it it's totally conceivable to me that this started out as as a diversion. But Trump just doesn't know how to back down from anything. Well, thank God he's in charge of the nuclear arsenal. <laughs> right. Thank well, God we've th- got a rational man like that at the helm. Right. That's why I, there's no logical end to a trade war. Because, I mean, with the traditional war, once you get once you escalate it to a nuclear level, it, yeah. somebody's going to back down. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still my head still comes back and it wants to drill deeper to the core of the problem. The reason that we have this orange tinted buffoon sitting in the White House. That's where I, re- that's where I really, really, really want to take this because all of these tertiary conversations about policy and about the things the man is doing in the White House, they have a root. They have a cause. There's a reason he's there and it's because it's we the people. Stupid. It's, it, we, we have no concept of how to base our decisions, our allegiances, and our tribalism on anything that's real and factual and based in reality anymore. That's how we have this man. That's exactly why. This doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump, man. It does because he's there, but there's a reason he's there. You've got to drill deeper into the mantle, man. And the reason he's there is because we are fucked up as a country, as a people. It's simple. This is us. He reflects us. He reflects the divisiveness and the tribalism. That's what we get. So we can sit here and we can banter about Russian collusion that nobody's ever going to believe one way or the other. Anyway, we can banter about the trade war that's obviously started with fucking China. But who put him there? We did. And we are, you know, the four of us are just as responsible probably as anybody else. Uh, and what do we, I, 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 I sorry, on. I didn't really <laughs> intend to go off on that rant, but no, no, this, no, these I, conversations, I, they just strike me as, I don't know. It's like, I, I hate the cliche putting a Band-Aid on a tumor, but that's exactly what it feels like. But where do you, where do you feel that the responsibility lays on uh, somebody who didn't vote for Trump? It depends on the rhetoric they, that they participated in prior to the election. Are you yeah. participating in a way that is just letting and forcing other people or encouraging other people to dig their heels in deeper? I was. Absolutely. That, I think, yeah. That's, that's exactly where I'd put it. If you're having conversations online or in person with people of a different belief system, somebody who disagrees with your ideology, and you're calling them a fucking uh, a Trump bot or I don't – Pick your Tea Party far-right slander of choice. If that's the tactic you're using in having a conversation with someone, on the Internet or not, it has an effect. It forces people to just double down, dig in. They would rather vote for the piece of shit than be on your side. You know, I saw a very interesting video from, of all fucking, quote-unquote, news sources, InfoWars, that it was from... Paul Joseph Watson, 
He's the British guy who every once in a while puts out videos through Infowars. I don't, I've never seen him with Alex Jones. I don't know how involved he is necessarily with Alex Jones. But every once in a while, one of his videos will catch my eye because, you know, a lot of it's partisan bullshit. But then there's a lot of it that he's just, he's just calling out the truth, whether people want to hear it or not. And in his video, he basically broke it down. The same things that we've talked about, that Todd, you've based a few episodes of your, of your show on, is that we're, where we're at now is thanks to social media. And he's, and he, the, he brought it right out in the open. He goes, and I totally understand the irony of someone like me who made their bones via social media telling you to delete all your social media accounts, but it's getting to the point where we're, 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 we're at the crucial tipping point. Yeah. And it's, I agree with him. I agree with him. I, I mean, absolutely agree. Yeah. On, on a, on a personal level, Someone who, you know, I've been friends with online for years just wouldn't take no, wouldn't take stop, wouldn't take please stop for an answer. And so I booted him today. I saw that. And friends who I have grown up with wouldn't stop. And I was like, you know, I've made it crystal fucking clear I don't want this shit on my page. What more do you want me to do? And there's nothing more I can do because people don't care. They don't care about... Oh, well, I got, he unfriended me or he blocked me. Because they'll just go find the well, next that's, fight. That's a win. You just screen capture that and post it on your page. Oh, look yep. at this. I pissed somebody off. What Can't handle play? the truth. Oh, Can't and, and the it was, truth. And, 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 and you know what? Fuck it. He's in, the, he's, he, at one point he was in the media. So yeah, his name's Eric Thomas, you know, and what did Mr. He Mr. Really? Enlightened. Yeah. What Mr. was his position? Uh, he worked for ninety-seven-one, and he worked for shit. What's what is that one in uh, Flint, the rock station? The banana. And then where else did he work? Grand Rapids. <laughs> he works with a guy I worked with here in Kalamazoo. Okay, well, he, anyways, was a, he was a, a, a radio guy, like a air personality type dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, and and I mean, his his instant reaction was. Oh, can't handle a debate snowflake. And I'm just yep. like, dude, I've, I've, I listened to you on the radio. I used to call into your show. He had a late night spot on 97.1, so he could actually keep you on the phone for more than 30 seconds. And he would have discourse with you. He's de-evolved into this to where he sees something that he doesn't like. Boom. He jumps right in snowflake and you're this, and, and you're a Republican, and you're a Trump tart, look, and all this. He's not understanding, like, it, look, man, I bet when he's out and about, he's no different than any other person. You know, if he's, a, if he's on the radio talking to somebody, and he opens up a topic for conversation, there, it's fair game. But if he goes out to eat, and somebody is like, you're that guy from the radio, oh, you said this shit. And he, you know, if he just wants to be like, I don't want to talk about this shit right now. I'm trying to enjoy a meal. That doesn't make him a snowflake, Right. But for some reason, anywhere online on anyone's page, it's open season. You're yeah, all ready for a political debate or you're, or you're too weak to handle the truth. We don't have to talk about a third party here. I used to do this. I was the same guy not that long ago. I think I understand I've definitely been guilty it of it at times. Yeah. And I, Chris has seen it. Chris participated here and there once upon a time. Yeah, he got it through his being head. Quiet that was, because I feel if yeah. you're in a glass house, you can't throw stones. 
Right. <laughs> I was that. I was freely that guy. No, but you can't. You can't, you can't be quiet, dude. You cannot be fucking quiet. If you if you have done that, it doesn't do as much good to talk about this Eric Thomas guy as it does to talk about yourself. You have more of an ethos if you're actually dealing from your own experience. Right. You see what I mean? And I understand. I stopped scrolling down a year ago, and it's been great. And if I do now, usually alcohol is involved, and it never goes well. Yeah, I don't have alcohol. I don't. I don't drink and surf anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't go well for me at all. But there, there is something about that. And, and, you know, to go back to your, your original question, to double down on it, I mean, when you, when you say who's responsible, we all are. We're all re- responsible for the divisiveness that we're seeing. And, and, and Rich, yeah. the guy's absolutely right. I think it is social media. I think it's the lack of accountability, the being able to just say whatever the hell you want in as crude and as offensive and aggressive terms to whomever you want without any sort of personal repercussions. And I think that people are ignorant, willfully ignorant, to the effects that that's having on the other end of the computer. Oh, it's just the Internet. That's bullshit. You're just an asshole. You're just being a dick. And it has real-life effects on the other end. And they're not the effects... They're not the effects that you're seeking. You're not winning anybody over. You're not enlightening anyone or bringing them to Jesus. You're pushing them the fuck away. You know, I, I, I've, I've, I've told these, this story before, but it just, it, it just blows my mind. And I, you know, almost, I'm almost not as mad, or not or mad isn't the right word. I'm, I'm not as frustrated with the younger f- people I know who won't listen to me because they haven't, they haven't seen this happen personally. So to them, it's just like, yeah, okay, well, that happened when you were younger. It won't happen to me, and we're all guilty of that to some extent. With certain aspects of our lives. Yeah, our generation's different. Yeah. We're going to do shit differently. But, I mean, people who are my age, maybe a little bit younger, and definitely people who are older than me who are internet savvy and were around in 2000 and 2004 and 2008 and 2012 and were politically involved online with discussion debate know that there is no discussion and debate. It is literally digging. God damn it. We go over the same fucking carpet to where it's just bare wood right now, but it's the truth. They dig their heels in. I'm not moving. And it just de-evolves from there into name calling. And what you do is, Aaron, I know you're not a big believer on undecided people, but there are people who are like, you know, I don't really care. I don't know. I, I you know, I don't even know if I'll vote, but then they'll see. An online exchange so fucking vile that one person will piss them off more than the other, and they'll go, "Well, f- if that's what this person's supporters are like, fuck yeah. that asshole." Well, I'm voting for the other guy. No, Imagine- that, that is what I, I've described though in the in the past. It's it's not about undecided voters. It's about how many of your vote of your people that think your way are motivated enough to go out and do something about it. But you can demotivate people as well. I mean, yes. imagine yourself being a white male. <laughs> I say that to four okay. of us. You're I'll a white male eyes. who doesn't really give two shits about politics one way or another. You're kind of interested. You want to vote. You don't really know which way to go. And you go on and you see some, you know, me too faithful starting like to it. talk about how white males are the problem with everything in the world. What is that going to do? How, is, how are you going to react to that? You know, we're egocentric little creatures. Right. Are you, you going to say, say, gee, gosh, I guess I am the cause of all evil in the world. I should vote for the Democrat. No. You're going to dig and say, fuck you. No. 
That ain't me. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to well, vote for this. Even if you have no other ideological beliefs, if, you're if you see that, you could vote against that. Right. I mean, you'd agree with it if you're self-loathing. Otherwise, you'd think, well, I've, I've found my political party and it's whoever's not those people. Exactly. And people sit well, here and say, oh, I don't know how Trump won. So, <laughs> really? Well, what, what's scarier then? Social media or Sinclair? Oh, social media by far. Yeah. By far. By far. Because it's kind of like there's a a large portion of the the population of this country that's not on social media, that maybe they have a Facebook account, but they just use it to share baby pictures. They don't. They don't do their politics online because, you you know, you can't you can't trust the Internet. You can't trust the, the, the big news organizations. What they trust is their local news. Have you watched right. a Sinclair station? Um, I'm not. I'm really not sure if I have or not. We don't have any in the Metro Detroit but, area. But I'm. We have. I've never have been a, right a big local TV news watcher. Anyway, we have one right here in Kalamazoo, WWMT Channel Three. Uh-huh. Uh I don't watch it all the time. I've been watching it more lately because I wanted to see this anti-fake news manifesto that they've been talking about. I finally did see it, and I have been paying attention. They are not that bad. The content of their broadcasts. Their news broadcasts, I'm looking for it. And there are occasions where my pro-Trump bias alarm may go off a little bit. But it's not like Fox News. No, yeah, that's my understanding. It. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's not I'm that for it. Sinclair and I, ahead, uh, controls everything that they're going to put on air. They just every once in a while come out with certain messages that they want everybody to disperse. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, and so far there's one that I'm aware of. Maybe there's other ones that I've that I've missed and haven't done the research on. Well, but they're I think, you know, I think just to clarify, real quick, um, this is the only statement that I've I've heard of that they've dispersed in this manner. Uh, traditionally, what I've heard from Sinclair Media is they have must-run stories. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, but I I haven't really. Again, if, if you're asking, let's go back to the question and the reason that I'm, I may be seen as defending Sinclair here, which honestly, uh-huh. I'm, I'm kind of horrified that I am. But the question was, what do you see as more of a danger, social media or Sinclair? Yeah. And to go back to that point by far, I don't think there's even a debate that social media is a bigger danger, the bigger shark in the water than Sinclair at this point in time. Yeah. Isn't it the difference between a controlled burn and a wild out of control mm-hmm. fire? Well, right. It's not it, even. It, 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 I don't even see it as a controlled burn with these guys. Uh, I mean, media, if you're looking for a con- go ahead. Well, social media is a much larger tool, much larger weapon. Yeah. To and, and could be more effective, but most people have it pointed at themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have to turn it yeah. around. They have to label it like this way towards enemy. Yeah, I honestly, you know, if I think about this, and I don't think you're going to get the response out of me you were looking for with this, Aaron. Sorry, buddy. But I, 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 I also be. I watch Channel 8, which is WOOD, Wood TV, up in uh, Grand Rapids. There's Channel 13, which is the Fox station, the Fox outlet in GR. And they, if you're looking for bias, okay, ideological bias in any of these broadcasts, you're going to find a liberal bias far more on Wood or Channel 13, and then you're going to find a conservative bias, at least the the, the blatant variety, on right. the Sinclair station here in Kalamazoo. I believe it. As far as I understood, because John Oliver brought up the Sinclair shit a couple months ago, the, the 
the major beef that most people in media have with it is that this statement was passed around to Sinclair stations and they, the program directors went to on air personalities and said, you're going to read this as this is, as if this is your opinion. Yeah. And that's where they told them the exact script. They couldn't deviate from the script. They told them what they had to wear as far as colors went, couldn't wear red or blue or purple. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was a script mandated. It wasn't even the program director. It came down from corporate, wherever corporate is here in the country, and came down to each and every one of these outlets and, and said, yes, you will read this as it's and written. What, and what I found so interesting was, you know, a, a, a local radio show was talking about it. And they said, can you imagine if something like that was handed to Bill Bonds? He'd have got drunk, went on air, and told everybody to suck his dick. think? <laughs> And then challenge Coleman Young to a fucking boxing match. I mean, and it's he definitely like, would have been drunk. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's. Call me silly. I miss Bill Bonds. Oh no, I absolutely <laughs> oh, my do. God. But no, I. And here's the yeah. thing. It's this. This is this just speaks to, and and you know, one of these people said, "I never realized how much these people are really talking heads, and that's all they are. They're reading from not a teleprompter." A, if they're reading a script from yeah. a teleprompter. That's why they're called meat puppets. If it's if it's not on that teleprompter, <laughs> yeah. or or worse, if it is, remember when the the the, the Chinese airline went down, and and someone decided <laughs> yeah. to put like you know whole wee tit and you know yeah. we toe fuck you know as yeah. the name of the pilots, right. and the guy just straight face read it off yeah. the teleprompter, and because he doesn't even he's not comprehending what these people. No. That you get your news from in the, in in this aspect, we three of us have went through this with Specs Howard. Yep. You are a pretty face who can read a teleprompter, put put the right inflections and the right point, keep a midwestern accent going, and keep the fuck ups and outburst of the giggles to a minimum. It, right. The the thing That's about what this, you need. this message that they insist everyone read. I don't. I don't see how this is an effective move for Sinclair Media or, or broadcasting. I think they're, they're called Sinclair Broadcasting. Oh, I think it is. I mean, it's, it's a, it seems like an old school tactic that may have worked for, for them pre-internet when people couldn't yeah. easily do things like stitch them all together into one video. Which and is show what you. that's been done. Right. Yeah, but they they're but, but again, we're going to bring it right back to where we were a couple of minutes ago. You're, uh-huh. you, it's not effective to people like me, you and Rich and Chris who are <laughs> as compared to the most of the rest of the population uber uh sophisticated media consumers. Okay, the people who they're trying to reach with that and trying to cement in place will eat it up. They will eat up Trump's fake news narrative. They're not concerned about everybody else. So from that standpoint, if you take a targeted audience into account, it's incredibly effective. They're not talking to liberals. That's not who they're, who that message is crafted for, so they don't matter. Right. I mean, so they're just preaching to the choir. It's effective in how you put it. It's cementing their base. It's another echo matters. chamber. It's what matters. The it's all that matters. The difference is, I think you were right, Todd, in yeah. this, is that Fox has given up all pretense of trying, well, no, fair and balanced, but whatever. I mean, anyone who has two brain cells to rub together that aren't on life support know that Fox has given up all pretense of trying to play to the middle. You know, they, 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 they kind of court the alt-right 
and people just a little tiny, I mean, a cunt hair left to the alt-right, which is still pretty fucking fringe right, mm -hmm. is their bread and butter. Sinclair, yeah. is, Sinclair is trying to pick up the slack between where Fox leaves off and pick up moderates and the dreaded C-word, centrist. And that's where, I guess, if you aren't a savvy media watcher, that, yeah, it could be, it could, it could be dangerous, but ultimately, it's no more fucking dangerous than social media. It's no more dangerous than, yeah. than. There's no, there's no comparison between danger levels between social media and these media companies. They're, they're, it's not even in the same realm because social media reaches more people than the local news does. I put it, I put it the wrong way. What I'm, what I meant to say is it's nowhere near as dangerous is what I meant to say. Yeah, but yeah. yeah it, and I, but, I mean, as far it, as far as Fox News and and Sinclair goes, now look at it from a business standpoint. Okay, I don't begrudge Fox News for what they did, and I don't begrudge their business model. I hate it in the ideolo in the not the ideological sense, but the idealistic sense that it should be a news organization, right? Journalism down the middle, getting to the facts. But that's not what they do. That's not what their business model is. Their business model is putting eyeballs in front of dick pills commercials right? right yes so why would you not if you're smart and you're a savvy businessman when you see each and every news outlet with a liberal slant why wouldn't you create a conservative news outlet when there are none out there and take the half of the country that's not being served or that their their ideological religion isn't being preached via cable news why wouldn't you do that that's great fucking business. Now, you can condemn Fox News all you want. I'll join you on the idealistic end. But look at their ratings. They outperform each and every network consistently and by a long ways. Sinclair's doing the same thing. You look at Wood, you look at Channel 13 up in Grand Rapids, just using the West Michigan example here. Why wouldn't they cater to Trump voters with the Fox News narrative, shore up the part of the audience that's not being served. It's business. It's putting it, eyeballs in front of commercials. It is interesting, too, and kind of scary that that Fox News and uh, other right-leaning organizations like it are actually thriving under a Trump presidency where traditionally, I mean, liberal media was like scrambling for stuff to report on under Obama. Mm -hmm. And they do, they get much more eyeballs when they have a big bad to report on, whether it was yep. George Bush or now Trump. Yep. There's much Thanks. more people watching MSNBC now that Trump's president than they were when Obama was president. What, what under your sink so, is going to kill your kids tonight? It's the same right. mentality. It's the same thing. What's right, Trump right, right. doing that's going to put your life and your children's future at risk? Where, whereas, you know, Fox certainly did well enough under Obama, but they're still continuing to grow under Trump. Uh, yeah, but there's something... They, that, they must be doing something right. There's something that, that I think we, as a show, I don't know if we overlook... I don't, I don't feel we overlook it on purpose. Uh-huh. But I feel like CNN gets way more of a pass on their fuckery than we give Fox News. And the reason I say that is well, because you, when you have CNN showing video footage of someone firing a pump 12-gauge shotgun and they say, this footage of someone firing a fully semi-automatic AR-15, wait, first of all, there's so much wrong with what they just said. 
Mm-hmm. And then you have their talking heads getting in there. Don't know the difference between a clip and a magazine. They don't understand the difference between a 50 caliber round and a 9 millimeter round or a 7.62. It's anyone who knows anything about firearms looks at that and goes, are you fucking kidding me? Well, yeah, and that's, that's not- where your fake news people come from. Exactly. And that's on CNN. That's on them. You are a news agency. If you are wanting to report and try to play the middle, because you know MSNBC has the liberals covered and Fox got the conservatives covered, and you're trying to play the middle, then you have to play the game cleaner and with less mistakes than either of those two. Because they have built-in forgiveness. It's just like if, if, if you're a Muslim and uh, a Muslim cleric does something wrong and he begs his people for forgiveness... He'll be forgiven a lot quicker than he will be by by Christians. When Jimmy Swagger got caught paying a hooker to finger his butthole or whatever the fuck the bitch was doing, he went on TV crying and, I have sinned against you. And his congregation were crying along with him. My great-grandmother was in front of the TV crying along with him. And at the end of that episode, picked up the phone and gave some of her fucking money to him. <laughs> Why? Because there's a built-in forgiveness there. CNN doesn't have that. And if CNN's going to try to be like, you know, we're going to play the middle and we're going to play it straight down the middle, then you got to get your facts straight. And when you well, come out with bullshit facts like they do, and you have reporters who should be, if they're trying to give a, a truly non-biased report, going, I think I have PTSD after firing an AR-15 one time. Right. You know, come on, guys. Seriously, stop. You're hurting your cause more than you're helping. CNN is the worst of the three, as far as I'm concerned. At least I understand MSNBC and Fox. CNN is unwatchable. It's, it, it, it's, I cannot palate more than 20 minutes of CNN. The sensationalism and the, the idea that they're down the middle is ridiculous. Absolutely. I don't care if they, what positioning statement they use. The idea that they don't slant to the left is, is, absurd maybe a little less than msnbc but still i mean if 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 cnn msnbc were at a gay pride parade msnbc would be in a leather thong chaps ashless chaps waving a rainbow flag both nipples pierced and cnn would be walking around with a rainbow flag waving it going you know i support gay marriage you know and that quality quality quality. and 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 (laughs) You know, meanwhile, the other guy's over there voguing and shit in front of the camera and stuff with a fucking right. nine-inch fucking big veiny black strap on. That's, right. that's MSNBC. Yeah. Well, and Fox is protesting going, all fact, God hates facts. There's, <laughs> there's one thing that, uh, that all social, me- social media, local news, and national news all have one thing in common. They're absolutely horrible on trying to report on facts when it comes to, well, the, Lately, it's white people shooting other white people or cops shooting black people. Yeah. The, well, the that, two, again, the I, two types of shooting that we are focused on, all the rest of the shootings that happen in this country don't tell us anything about our country. And these shootings tell us everything that we need to know. I'm going to take well, you me. back to his, the Escaping the Cave episode three, the media episode. And it's not the organizations. That is our fault. 
It is our fault because that is what we want. We will only watch things that reinforce and support our chosen narrative. They have got to give us that or they go away. They will not be in business if they that's it, it's simple economics. You have got to provide a product people want or you don't exist. Right. And and social media proves this because that's where you get to see now within hours of this shooting happening, everyone putting out their own theories about how guarantee this is gonna be a white male or guarantee mm-hmm. this is gonna be some radical Islamist. Right. So if you're on Fox News and you're putting something forth that's not down the Fox News narrative or the consumer the narrative, channel. yeah, go find somebody. Go to Alex Jones, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's exactly right. It, I, I, again, guys, I'm always going to come back to this. I, I, it's easy to externalize blame and responsibility. This is our fault because this is what we want. This is what we choose to consume as consumers, as news consumers. We don't want facts. We don't collectively want the truth. We don't collectively want to establish a foundation in reality so we can make rational choices. We want people to tell us our already pre-made choices are rational already. And if we don't get that, we go somewhere else. That's the problem. This is us. Sorry, dear listener. Yeah, maybe there's another podcast you can go find. I know that hurts. I know, you know, there's no teaspoon of sugar coming here. (laughs) It just isn't. You know, that's your, it's, it's our fault. That's another thing that this, uh, this most recent shooting at the at YouTube, that's another thing that this shooting tells me is that, uh, well, I mean, what's the, one of the, the areas of, of common ground that people on either side of this gun debate are talking about is, is mental health. You know, that's one thing that, that, that they can kind of agree on. Whether that's going to be enough or not is, is the subject of debate, but, we we all want to make sure that the crazy people don't have the guns. Well, here is a legitimately crazy person. I mean, her videos speak for themselves. If you've seen any of this shit, she's insane. And yet it, none of the rest of the, the facts around this fit anybody else's narrative. So this story just kind of goes away. Yeah, It just evaporates, right? It's a perfect example of a crazy person with a gun. And if that's a problem that you want to solve, then here's a perfect example for you to use as a tool to, to help accomplish that. But it's useless to you because ultimately it doesn't conform to your beliefs about white male aggression or radical Islamists or whatever it is that you might be afraid of. Well, uh, white things- children were not harmed either. One of the things that I thought was most interesting about this, this shooting was that her family had called the police, reported her missing. The police found her. Yes. Talked to her for 20 minutes. The entire 20 minutes, they were, they, and, she, and they, told, they told the police specifically, she's pissed off at, at YouTube, and, we th- and we were, we're fearing that she's going to do something to their corporate headquarters. Yeah. Did they, they, say, per- did they actually say that? I, I, I got as far as the she's pissed off at YouTube part. Did they well, actually I, I don't know. Everything's fake news, so I guess everything oh, I've heard reported is bullshit. So. I, think, I think the fact that they called the cops says enough as to whether they were concerned yeah. she was actually going to do the something. Point is, the point is the police, the police found her in her car and had multiple police officers show up on the scene yeah. All sitting there, listening to her talk, she showed no signs of psychosis. She showed she did not bring up YouTube one time, which is if you're an obsessed person, obsessed on revenge, 
to have a 20, 30-minute conversation with police while under duress with, with what's going on in the back of her head, she's planning it going on and not to mention it. This was cold calculated. This was not crazy-ass 1990s Saturday Night Live Unabomber shit. You know what I'm saying? This wasn't what we think of when we think of someone who's crazy. This was cold. This was calculated. She knew what to say, what not to say. She knew what subjects to avoid with the police to where they said, okay, there's so nothing she, we can so do. she has sociopathic tendencies. Exactly. We don't, we don't know well, any of this. We don't. She, right? she could have just, you know, right. she could have decided to go to YouTube at the last minute, 10 minutes before she went. Maybe she went to this gun range, shot her gun off, thinking she was, I mean, it's all speculated. We don't know any of this stuff. And, and, and honestly, when her you can't family called the, the police, police here unless you want to completely forego your police state argument moving forward. Because what the fuck were they supposed to do? She didn't violate any laws. First she of didn't all, seem, Todd, uh, Todd. According to them, according to what I read, she wasn't, didn't appear to be a threat to herself or to anyone else. Right. She was sleeping in her car. She told them she was in the area to look for work. She was calm, cool, collected. What do you want them to do? Do you want to open a door when somebody's family just calls and, and says, well, they may be a little disturbed just to throw somebody in jail? Do you want that turned on you? I don't see what could have prevented this. And uh, Nothing. That's my point. I don't know what, yeah. you, what you're arguing. You're arguing into a mirror here, dude. That's my point. She did everything, quote unquote, right. And so did the cops. And this still happened. Yeah. yeah. This is proof that you can't nerf the fucking world. No. Right. And ultimately, what happened? She went in, she injured three people, and she blew her fucking head off. I'm sorry for the three people that are injured, but I guess this is, as my brother would say, my libertarian side coming out in me. I don't really give a fuck. She killed herself. Well, it's think, your body. It's no, you want to kill yourself? Take yourself out of the gene pool. Right. I don't care. This was like the best possible outcome for a mass shooting, right? Pretty people close, get injured, yeah. they live, and the shooter kills himself. Yeah, unless she missed three times before she uh, popped herself in the head, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if she's trying to shoot herself in the head and she accidentally injured three people, then maybe, you know what, maybe we do need to have a wage gap because a man would have done that job better. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say. In fact, we need to pay, if, if she took four shots and killed herself with the fourth one, we need to pay women 25% of what men make. Yeah. Pretty sure I could have made it the first one. <laughs> And I mean, and, and I don't need Hey Man, nice shot to be playing in the background to give me directions on how to do it either. I, it's just what pisses me off is that we're sitting here, what th two days now out from this? Yes. And all the all the all the bullshit, outrage, hand wringing, people rushing to metaphorically rub the blood of these these wounded and, and, and dead people on them and go, "This is us," is gone because it doesn't fit. What they want to push? It was yeah, oh, she's a Muslim. Hog on this. What? Oh. <laughs> well, he's back in school with his clear backpack, talking about how it violates his First Amendment rights because he, once again, Tide Pod generation has no sense of irony. But whatever. But yeah, we're back it, on the world's worst game show. You can't, you can't win. Win. Yes, exactly, exactly. And everyone that points out this, where is the outrage here? Just like, just like everyone who rightfully pointed out. Where was the outrage from the NRA with the Philip Castillo shooting in Minnesota? A legal gun owner who did everything that he was supposed to do, that they teach you to do when you're pulled over with a firearm on you, with the police who still ended up shot dead. Where was the NRA outrage on that? Rightfully so, it's now coming from the right to the left going, where's your fucking outrage? 
oh, it's not there. Because it's not a white male. It's not toxic masculinity. It's not whatever bullshit you invent to try to fucking hammer the, the one nail down to the level where you're at. Because that's their idea of equality, period. The idea of, the idea of this type of equality is we're all as miserable as everybody else. Nobody gets lifted up. Everybody gets pushed down to the lowest common denominator. And this is proof of it. And how anyone could sit there and go, eh, well, then you know what? Fuck your dead kids next time. I don't give a shit. Fuck them. Eh, that's how I fucking feel. I don't care about dead kids anymore if you don't care about dead human beings, if it doesn't fit your fucking narrative. And on top of it, we can all just... Shut the fuck up and take mini seats because I don't hear anyone bitching when our government's over there drone striking schools and shit in other countries and children are dying. Where's the outrage then? Where's David Hogg and Sinead O'Connor's illegitimate love child to fucking cry on national TV then? Nowhere. Because we don't give a shit. That's ultimately the problem that we're talking about for the first half of this show. We don't give a shit. Trump fucked a stripper. We don't give a shit. Trump fucked a... Uh, a porn star. We don't give a shit. We have That's a title it. for the show. We don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Here's the thing, man. I, I, we, we seem to do this the, the third straight week, I guess, I've been here since I've started doing this regularly. And we do this every week. And I think it's important. I don't think we're over. I don't think we're beating a dead horse here. I don't think we're talking about this stuff too much. I think it's something that needs to be focused on. Because what we're talking about, everything you just said, Rich, reminds me of religious fundamentalists, evangelicals, fanatics. They will fit anything that happens into their scripture. They will, they will take a, a line out of Deuteronomy and somehow twist it into their perception of the scripture in the world. That's exactly what we do here politically and ideologically. If it doesn't fit into your narrative, you will either ignore it or you will twist it in there as well, best right. you can. I mean, look at the original propaganda of the Bible. Although there's, those were all different stories that they just molded to to fit their narrative. Yeah, they're not even they're not even in their their original state anymore. They've been changed so many times over the centuries that nobody knows what the fuck was originally written there. Yeah, it's like a game of telephone with six year olds or six hundred years old. You know, if you depending on what book of the Bible you read. Yeah, right. whatever. No, like nine hundred. Anyway, well, I mean, I think it's how I feel. This is just a blip on the radar. Which, what specifically? The, the the YouTube shooting. Oh, oh yeah, it's all, oh, it already is. It's it's already it's out gone. of the yeah. It's already out of the the news cycle for the most part. No one gives a shit. I mean, it, it'll go on the tally of you know whatever qualifies as a shooting that we pay attention to in this nation. Yeah, which by the way, I love this. Two thirds of shootings are. Suicides, uh -huh. fa you know, fatal shootings. Right. But they still lump them in there as fatal shootings, which... Fatalities? It's not a lie, but it's, a, it's, it's yeah. the lie of omission. Can They're I throw something at you guys there. real quick? And see, if, take it as far as you want to. I haven't really... Uh, it's just something I, I kind of thought of late this afternoon, and I haven't really worked it all the way through my head or something. But I think there is something that's potentially significant with this YouTube shooting thing, philosophically and maybe to get to the core of an understanding of what's happening here. Now, this woman had a real huge problem with YouTube. Demonetized her videos. Apparently, she was making a living doing these batshit videos, which may explain why they're so batshit. She was making money doing these things, and she was a right. huge social media star, apparently, in Iran up until a point where YouTube started to demonetize her videos. 
right? Yeah. And how are how are you going to confront YouTube? It's almost it's it's confronting Google. You know, we've all had problems with Google. You don't get through to Google. You know, it's not like you have a phone number to call and deal with customer service as far as Google's concerned. And what it, what struck me. And again, I haven't thought this all the way through, and I may stumble and stammer through this a little bit, but I'd like to hear if you guys have any other takes on this, is that I wonder if she was a symptom of a larger problem, where people can't address their grievances properly. In other words, I guess I could bring it back to social media and these school shootings, that if you're being (sighs) having to deal with people on a virtual level, and something happens and you cannot have your grievances addressed. You just don't have an outlet for that. At what point do you just lash out at everything and, and, and run down a murderous slash self-destructive road where, you know, a murder-suicide becomes an option? At what point do you get so frustrated by not being able to confront people directly that the frustration level over, you know, boils over and you, yeah. uh, you know what well, I'm saying? Am I getting yeah, my idea across? Yeah, I think maybe it's... There was a story uh, that was on NPR this week about a lawyer who lost a case to somebody who took it very personally and started a, a web page defaming this guy. And it ended up being like one of the first hits that were coming up in his searches and something that he had to start addressing with clients that, you know, is any of this stuff true? And he went to Google to try and you know, get this page taken off as a, as coming up as a, a search result, right? And the, the, the bureaucracy that he had to go through was worse than, than what we normally hear from our, our government. Mm-hmm. And he, this was like, you know, a multi year process of him, you know, submitting uh, forms and, and communicating with people that just never call him back. He never hears back from any of this shit. Until one day somebody finally goes, oh, we've corrected the search results. You know, after like a year and a half battle of trying right. to, to get this fixed. Which is, by the way, something that like, I guess uh, in uh, many countries in Europe, they have a, a policy where, uh, it's in the law, I should say, not a policy, where you can get your, your personal Google results right. changed, your search right. results you know, I believe you have to you have to make a decent case for it, but it is an option where we're at the mercy of what Google decides to do. Right. You yeah, understand and, where and I'm coming it, from, though, as, oh, as but, far but, as wait, the... Wait, but hold on. Just let me finish it real quick, though. He finally got it addressed. Yeah. And the search results then came up in red letters that the search results have been altered. And so now it's almost worse. Because wow. he, there's nothing to even address. Like all the people, like, prospective cl- clients are googling him, mm-hmm. and coming up with like, oh, well, what what did he have to fix about his search results? What's shady about this guy's background that he had to fix his his Google search results? So yeah, there there is no there is no winning, right? There's there's no recourse, right? Uh, I think there's no. We process. might be getting in danger here, though. Of Passing the buck of just being an asshole. Um, yeah, that like seems really. That seems what Todd simplistic. was talking about. Nah, that seems simplistic to me. I think there's a psychological aspect to this. I, I think that um, I, I'm just wondering. Again, I'm not going to say I think, but I, I suspect that 
a lot of what we're seeing with the school shootings, because of the school shooting epidemic, if you want to trace it back, I guess most people think that Columbine was the beginning of this sort of a trend, right, 1999? Um, right. About the time that we started to really become virtual online avatar creatures, right? It was long before social media. But ever since then, ever since we've started to spend more of our lives online trying to make a living, this woman was trying to make a living being a YouTube star, didn't have any control, didn't have any recourse, had no uh, sense of control of her product once YouTube decided to demonetize her and take her living away. She couldn't do anything about it. I'm wondering about that psychological aspect with um, children. If your life is lived online and you can't for whatever reason, maybe you're not popular, maybe you're not articulate enough, maybe you're being fucked with, you can't reach the source of your rage online. I wonder at what point does that boil over, maybe like it did with this woman at YouTube, and you just yeah. just go out in a blaze. And if you can't, if you don't have a, a vent or a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a, uh, a valve to release that rage online, you take it into the real world and release it there. I don't know. I'm just that just it's just something that really struck me as maybe it's we're looking at the wrong aspect of this. And maybe there is a correlation between this and the school shootings, workplace shootings, all this other stuff. Maybe she's very instructive in some way. I I keep I I keep I keep going back to trying to explain to, to certain people over the years whenever a riot happens. And these are inevitably the type of people I end up talking to about this. who I'm trying to explain this to they go. Why would you tear up your own neighborhood? Yeah, and I yeah, said, I yeah. said, well, when you're in prison and you can't do anything to get out, and the yeah. only thing you can do is destroy everything around right. you that's yours. Stick your shirt in the toilet, and back it up. It's the it's the only way to express the the, the rage, the hatred, the anger, whatever you want to you want to label it as. Is it right? Yeah. Is it wrong? It doesn't matter at that point. It's gotten it's to the nature. point it's coming out, just like you said, like a pressure cooker. If, yeah. if it doesn't release, it will blow. I didn't and think a, of it in those terms, but that's perfect. And that, it's, an, it's another perfect example of that. And I'm right there with you because so many of the articles I've read on bullying as of the last you know couple years have been, when we were kids, you went to school, if you were bullied, you got your ass kicked, you got made fun of, you went home, you shut the door, the bullies were outside the door. Mm-hmm. You at least had right. s- some solace. Yeah. Now the bullies them. Yeah, now the bullies are in your in on social media, which is in your phone, which is in your pocket, that goes off every time someone hits you with a message or 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 or, or posts something on your wall or responds to your tweet or whatever the fuck. And when you are raised, that it's perfectly natural to always have this on you, and you're the abnormal one to not have it on you. I don't even know, especially young kids, if it strikes them to go, I should just delete my accounts. They don't know how. They they don't know any better. They don't know an existence without that shit. It's it's literally like when I was at work trying to yeah. explain to, to a coworker about not having a cell phone, being a kid. And they were like, well, how'd your parents know where you were? They had to trust us. And they were like, what? Right. But yeah, to say, just delete your accounts now would be like to say, well, just don't talk to anybody when you go to yeah. school. It's the same shit my mom said. That's what a disinterested, don't, should never been a parent, parent would say. Oh, just right. ignore those kids. They'll oh, get no. tired and move on. No, no not, they won't. No, not, not just ignore the bullies or people teasing you or whatever. Like, just literally be mute 
throughout your whole day and never engage anybody. <laughs> right. That's, I gotcha. that's, the, that's what saying delete your accounts to a teenager is. I don't well, know about it. Be, I don't, be the kid I, I, from, uh, what was that oh, stupid road trip movie where the girl was in the talent show? And the one kid wanted to be the fighter pilot, but he didn't speak at all. I can't remember. Anyway, now. never. I don't have a psychiatry <laughs> degree. No. I do have a little bit of experience with, with similar psychology to this in my personal life. I won't go into details and bore everybody with it. But I do understand what rage can do to a person when you can't reach the target. I understand that implicitly. And it does manifest itself in it will come out somewhere. If you can't hit, if you can't punch God, you will punch someone who's the next closest thing or the nearest to you. You see what I mean? And I, I think, I, I, I suspect, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to go out on a limb here and pretend that I know everything, but I suspect that this example, I think a lot can be learned from it. And I think a lot can be applied in different areas here. I think you're right, Rich, with the, the, uh, like the riots after Ferguson. It's self-destruction, but it's the only thing you got. I don't think it's, uh, it's unaddressed rage. It's a rage as a product of unaddressed grievance. I think, uh, but I think, I think, I'm not going to come off that. I think that unaddressed rage, unaddressed rage is, is, is rage that's not being, it's the same thing. We're kind of saying the same thing, I think. Yeah. Unaddressed, well, you, you can't address, you can't, there may be examples or instances. I'm thinking of my own, I'm, I'm thinking of my own example and I'm thinking of Ferguson and I'm trying to, I see a correlation there. And you can address or you can try to address your own rage, you know, psychologically or maybe through therapy or counseling or however else. The most effective way to address it is to have it addressed by the source. And if that doesn't happen, it's nearly impossible or much more difficult at least to deal with that sort of rage without it coming through the cracks somewhere else. Well, it's always going to manifest itself in a way that you have to get rid of it. And I'm, I'm thinking of a friend of mine. I, t- I talked about him in the last episode a few episodes ago about his childhood and stuff. One of the things that he went through all his life was he was raised in a Christian household, but not really. Like, they gave it lip service, and they would browbeat him with the Bible, but no one was living a Christian life around him. And so he grew up with this idea of God and that God was doing this to him. And he used to have these, like, I don't, I don't for lack of a better term, because I don't know what they were, almost like psychotic breaks when he would be at the end, like the, his wits end, and he'd just start screaming and like shaking his fist at the ceiling and go, fuck you, you cocksucker, come down here and fucking fight me, fuck you. And I'm like, bro, are you, are you serious right now? You're yelling at the ceiling, fuck that, fuck God. And then he'd it's go Lute- like for, he'd go for two years. Dan. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly, exactly, except for a lot more uh, coarse language. And, you know, he, then he would go through two years where he was like, there is no God. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I reaccepted Christ into my life. And then six months later, his life's in the toilet. Nothing was saved by going and saying the magic words to get Christ to forgive his sins. And he's right back to where he started, shaking his fist. Fuck you, God. You know, and, you know, pissing on Bibles and, 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 and throwing them in the trash and burning them. And, and, you know, there you go. I've desecrated your holy word. And I'm like, yeah. Dude, now that I'm older and I have perspective on it, I have friends who self-harmed when they were coming up. Uh It was kind of the same way. They couldn't do it. They felt so impotent. 
and powerless over everything else around them that was happening that they just go in their bedroom and start fucking slicing they had themselves to get, up. They had to inflict pain somewhere. Somewhere. And I yeah. mean, you, there's, believe me, there are, <clears throat> if you go into certain 12 step programs, there are whole schools of thought that mo, that, that, that addiction is and depression is rage turned inwards. Oh and you're yeah. Taking it out on yourself because either the people are dead, they're out of, there's no way to harm them. You never got the feeling of closure or the feeling of vengeance that you felt you needed or justice, whatever, justice. however you want to look at it. That's the word I was thinking, yeah. And so you take it out on yourself. And, I mean, I think there's something to that. It's a type of person, but I think most people right. can be pushed to this point if you push them far enough. Yeah, yeah how because we- I, I think we all experience this, right? This this frustration, you know, uh whether it's, you know, it, it might just be the cable company that gets your blood up. But mm-hmm. fuck you, DTE. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, there, there's a how you deal with that. You know, if you're a fairly well adjusted person, you can, you can brush it off or move on or come up with another plan. I mean, now, in, in cases where it's effect, directly affecting your livelihood, it's certainly different. You know, she she was making her money at this, mm-hmm. doing these weird ass videos, and you know, call them weird. It, they, they, they made money. She had enough people watching where she made a living sure. doing it. So, and, and there's definitely <laughs> yeah. a part of me that's just like, okay, well, move on. Like, do something else. Like, is this, is this was your calling in life? This is what you've dreamt about as a child? Well, no, no, let's is, not. Is let's not dismiss in front that. Of a, a I'm not, Let's not dismiss that because that's that's what that's how this is, our society's built. I mean, you've seen the voice, right? It's almost like that Black Mirror episode, the uh, thirty thousand uh-huh. credits or five million credits or whatever. I mean, that's there is a cottage industry now where we don't have a manufacturing base. Everybody's a performer now. You know, that's a legitimate thing. Being a YouTube star, or being on the Voice sure. or, or something like that, to say to tell 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 someone to just move on from that in this day and age, twenty years ago, yeah. But now, I mean, everything is sort of funneled in that direction that if you really want to be a success and you don't have, you know, any sort of skills or you're not an artist, you know, where you can sell something tangible, you have, you, you start, we're doing it right now, guys. This very minute. Sure. We were all we're raised by movies. We were, we're all raised by fucking, movies, television. Exactly. Yes. To believe we're yes. going to be rock stars and millionaires and we're not. We're slowly yeah, learning well, that. that. And it, yeah, that was 1999. We we we've devolved back before that. Now we're all being raised to believe we're going to be rock stars or podcast right. stars or singing stars or whatever via the internet or mass media. Well, so to say well, that to, to to just tell just to tell her to move on from that goes against the cultural narrative. Now, well, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna as you would say, Todd. I'm going to uh, pop the, a few bubbles of our thousands and thousands of listeners here at Unregimented on ChristopherMedia.net. Uh, I don't do this for anything, but it's cheaper than therapy. Yeah. This allows me to once a week for a few hours, sit down with people who for Mm -hmm. the most part are open to understanding where I'm coming from. Even if we disagree, we, I feel that we at least make an attempt to try to understand where the other person's coming from, even if we do disagree with them. And that's it. There's, if people want to listen to it and people get something from it, I'm fine with it. At one point in my life, I had to play music. So I played it whether there was an audience or not. 
And that was my outlet. But the problem is I had to rely on way too many moving parts, a.k.a. unreliable musicians, to do it. Well, once I got to a certain level, that's, and that, that's what I'm I think talking that's why about. Three of us are here. She, if she was motivated to do these videos, there's there's nothing that could stop her. You know, the, the idea was that it was the money that was the issue. She was making a living. That, yeah, I understand that. It's the same thing as the guys working at Channel Three. Well, she was well, making enough of a living to walk around with a 1982 Joan Jet haircut. Okay. And not get fucked with. So. Right, but it, let's say you're an actor and you get, uh, you know, uh, you get on a soap opera and you're making decent money and your character gets killed off and you can't get picked up by another TV show. And so what do you do? Mac and cheese. Do you, st- do you stop fucking working or do you decide that you go and do theater? Do you do it's what not, acting you can? Thing. It's not the same thing because the script writing is out of your hands when you're working for a soap opera. There are other people, and you go in with an expectation that you may get killed off. YouTube, you go in with the expectation that if you put together a product as bad shit as it may be and enough people watch it and enough people are (laughs) interested in it, that the channel will grow and you'll make more money. Right. It's not the same thing. Well, I, apparently it is because Google has the ch- they can kill off your character if they want. Well, that was that's not the expectation going in though. Uh, I agree. You see what I mean, and that's the la- I think that's the lack of. Um, I an, think that's an the problem is expectations. <laughs> Why would she have any other expectations? Well, this is a valid point. This demonetizing and this removing of people from their YouTube channel and and removing any. You know, like if you, uh, you know, if I go watch a video of Stevie Ray Vaughan in the videos, you know, that you might like, there's going to be a video of Jimi Hendrix or Robin Trower. They go so far as to remove it. So if you watch something that's along the lines of her, if she's been marked for, for, uh, to to be, uh, uh, I just said the fucking word, demonetized. Demonetized, yeah. Yeah. and And her, and her channel's been flagged. They remove previews. Yeah. Even in in other videos that might let lead people to her, which goes back to you have a lot of people walk around going YouTube yeah. censoring me. No, they're not. You can still put the videos out. You just can't use their service to do so. That's the problem. <laughs> then what's and, the but, point? It, well, exactly. And I mean, there's a comedian that just come out on Twitter and said, "What's up, David Hogg?" Uh, and, and tweeted right at him and was like, you know, uh, I think Owen Benjamin is his name. And he's like, you know, uh, how are you going to tell me how to live my life when oh, you don't even have pubes or anything yeah, like the guy that? that was obsessed with David Hogg's pubes. Yeah. He's he like, had like numerous twi- tweets about yeah. you don't even have pubes. Yeah. And <laughs> so did you get pubes. And so, and he's like, and you know, I don't have sponsors. So go ahead and try to get me to get someone to boycott me. And so Twitter suspended his account, and an hour later, he's on Facebook saying, well, since Twitter suspended my account, and that's how I make most of my money, would you please join my Patreon? Yeah. And gave a link to it. And it's like, yeah, there are. you can say anything you want. You're going to have to answer for it, though. Yeah. That's the thing. And people yeah. have confused a private corporation saying you're not going to use our platform to push your, to say what you want with the government removing right. something from the public because no, you don't need to know about that. Right. Well, that's, there's that's a censorship. Be- there's a difference between censorship and um, 
First Amendment violations. You know, nobody's, I, I don't think anybody with any operating brain cells ever cried First Amendment as far as this woman's concerned in YouTube. YouTube can do what they right. want. They can. They can censor anybody they want. They are a private corporation. It has nothing to do with the First Amendment. However, I think that they've gotten so big and they are providing so many livings to different people right. around the world based on views and based on being able to make money that they've also almost become an industry that's, be, that's become – it's gotten to the point where it's, it's being taken for granted. It's a monopoly. Well, yeah, right. Well, and when, when, de- that, when that monopoly decides that it's going to wield its power, however it chooses to do it, it still is a private corporation, it has effects on people. Well, this demonetization you know? craze that started roughly a year, give or take, whatever, I'm yeah. not sure of the exact date, is a new phenomenon. And to be honest with you, five, five, fuck five years ago, three years ago, YouTube was the Wild West. I remember yeah. watching clips of unedited HBO shows where I see flopping dick and Bush on YouTube, and as long as no one reported you, you were fine. Right, right, right. Well, right, but these things only happen once YouTube or or, or whatever other uh, you know platform anyone's using, once they reach a certain level of dominance, then they can start picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, they're just interested in growth. They'll take whatever video that you want to post so that everybody knows to come to YouTube to watch whatever video they want. Once yep. they have that locked down, then they can start making the decisions of, well, you don't want to support this. And right. I mean, I, look, I, I, I'll ne- I, I've never watched a woman's videos. I've, I've read descriptions. I've seen screenshots yeah, of them. Me too. Same. Um, obviously, I'll never talk to the woman. She's dead. We're never going to get a, a, a detailed psychological workup of her. But, I mean, something was amiss there. You don't have to be a student of Freud or Jung to understand yeah. that. Yeah, but something, something's wrong with the chocolate rain guy. But like, Yeah, he's on the spectrum. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty easy to spot once you've been around a couple people like that. What about you Alex know? Jones? What about Alex Jones? Yeah. I still think it's an act. Uh, it is an act. Of course it is. He tells you it's an act, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. he said he said in his in his custody case, he said it's a character I play. Right. And, but then he came out on the show and said I had to say that in court, or yeah, else yeah. I wouldn't be able to have joint custody of my children. Which is Alex Jones' way of saying I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Yeah. Well, it's also it fits right into his narrative of like the deep state putting the right. boot on his neck. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. That. That's that's an ancillary benefit that yeah you know it's the it's, a, it's the benefit of having the choir that will believe whatever you tell them. But he, he can say whatever he wants in court, and then he can come back and say, "How oh, they made me do it?" Okay, we knew it, Alex. You keep and going. See, and to go back like fifteen twenty minutes when 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 you were like, "What what do you what do you what did you want the police to do?" She answered everything. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That was my point. Okay, you can't stop somebody who knows how to play the game, period. As long as they have the mental capacity to reel it in and then let it out when they need to and only when they need to, legally, at this point in this country, because of due process, you can't just snatch someone up because someone's mother said, she said something crazy. 
even if they put you in for a 72-hour observation, somebody has to go in front of a judge, or you have to go in front of a judge, and the judge has to say, something ain't right here. Well, you know, to, to it, be fair... It has to be I, a very I, convincing... If you're not there, it has to be very convincing on the person I, speaking on your behalf part. I assumed you were going down the road of they should have stopped her because they had her for 20 minutes, and I, I, I admit that I jumped to that conclusion probably because I've seen that argument put forth... Oh, yeah. ...on Facebook and Twitter so many fucking times this week that I wanted to beat my head into the corner of a cinder block. Oh, you had her. You talked to her for 20 minutes. You should have just taken her to jail. I, I think I probably shut down a little bit when you went into your spiel because I assumed that that was where you're going. So I apologize for that. But no, you can't do that. You can't just because. Do you want to live in a free society or not? The system worked. It, it and did. she still did what she did. That is the nature of the system. No matter it's how hard we try, there's a loophole, there's a grift in it. Someone will it's find it if they work hard enough for it. The nature Crazy of always an, finds a way. The nature of an imperfect world. It's exactly. going to happen occasionally, and you can't avoid it unless you want to live in a prison cell. You're going to be living there without me. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> yeah we, it, Nicholas we, Cruz we, managed to shake the cops, what, like 42 times? Hey, uh, Todd, speaking of uh, prison... <laughs> What the fuck you makes you think up. I know anything about prison? Fuck you, I, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Your teardrop tattoos. Before we started recording, you would brought up the fact that the Menendez brothers are in the same prison. Yeah. And uh, I didn't follow up on that. What? I mean, what's the... What's yeah, there's the no significance. I just brought it okay. up because I thought it was funny. They've been in jail for 30 years. The Menendez brothers, if for our younger listeners... Uh, killed the parents years? in 1989, and there was this big trial that was all over CNN. It was like the pre-OJ, OJ trial. Yeah. And they were convicted of uh, killing their parents. They were sent off to prison for life. And for 30 years, they've been living apart. And now they've been reunited in California in the same prison block. So apparently now the Menendez brothers are able to interact with each other on a regular basis nope. because they're living together again. No more chess by mail. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know what that means. Well, you want to know the irony no, they've of this? They've been playing chess by mail. You want to know the irony of this is, is that the state will, no matter how it happened, whether it be a, you know, a fuck up of a clerical error or the state just said fuck it. They're, you know, they're basically model prisoners, put them in the same prison, whatever. If both of them were to be paroled for whatever reason, which I know is impossible, but let's just say they were. Even though they'd serve their time in the same prison, they could have lived in the same cell. If they're both paroled, they can have nothing to do with each other because they're both felons. Right. <laughs> I actually right. watched an MSNBC lockup about two brothers who were in for oh. attempted murder. Yeah. And they lived in the same cell. And one of them was getting paroled because he had no other record. And the other one had another like 15 years. And they said, what's going to be the hardest part? Is it going to be being away from your brother? And he goes, no, it's going to be knowing that when my brother gets out, I can never have anything to do with him on the outside again. Any of you a have condition a condition of lifetime really? parole. Yeah. With these two being able to commiserate together in the same prison. Any of you have a problem with that? I, no. I no. no beef. If, look, here, from what I understand, one of them's a pussy hound. He's, he like convinces broads who are severely damaged to marry him and... Maybe he gets conjugals. The other one is kind of a fucking duh nerd from what I understand. Yeah. You know, they're probably, it's probably a low security prison. I can't imagine yeah. they're like running the shit like fucking 
No, that's why they, that was part of the story, actually. One of them had their uh, prison security clearance or whatever, however they define what security prison they're going to be in, was dropped. So that made it possible for him to get moved. That was part of the story. Yeah, they probably went from a level three or four down <laughs> to a level two or one. And that, that yeah, that that's the lower you I, go. Usually, unless I don't know about federal, but state, usually the lower you go is the less security you have. So. Right. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, they committed a murder and that they have to serve time for it. But I have no concerns about these guys possibly killing anybody else. No, I, I don't either. That's the point of society, like a, right? Who gives well, a shit? Sorry, if yeah, they're going to kill their parents again. Yeah, <laughs> who gives a shit if they're eating prison gruel together at some metal table? Right. You know, there's well, a lot so, of people. Oh my god, you got to. You should. You should be in solitary. You shouldn't be able to be around your brother. You kill some. It's not about. It's not the revenge system, assholes. It's the justice system. They're in prison right. to get these people away from society. It doesn't mean that you have to be a complete Machiavellian about the punishment. Well, there's a lot of people in this country I know. who wish it was. <laughs> I know. Believe me. Um, but no, the, 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 the irony in all this is that I keep, I keep going back to watching this documentary on, um, oh shit, one of the, I don't know, I can't remember. It's one of the Supermax prisons. And they were asking guards, what's the worst prisoners? And they said, guys in here who are three strikers. They're career felons. Those are the worst prisoners. He said, if we get a guy in here who snapped one time, walked in, killed his wife and the, and the guy fucking her. He's usually a model prisoner. He's a guy who made one mistake. He's not a lifetime criminal. It's the motherfuckers who've been in and out of the system their entire life to the point where it's like, I'm going back to prison. I don't care. Yeah. And I'm institutionalized anyways. I can function in prison. It's the, it's the everyday Joe who goes in who can't function in prison, who has to find the herd to find protection among, you know, to be, you know, safety and numbers type people that are really a threat to no one. They're not predators. They're not going in there going, now who can I fuck, you know, who can I fuck or who can I kill or who can I, you know, stick for their commissary. They're just like, I'm just trying to survive, man. That's it. I just want as easy a life in prison as possible. So that's probably what these guys are. And I mean, let's be honest, 30 years on a life sentence. And if, and if they're model prisoners, let them live together. Who gives a fuck? Andy Dufresne and Boggs. Exactly. I never read the book. I don't know what Boggs was in prison for, but he reminds me of the three-striker guy. Uh, Whereas Andy fits your scenario perfectly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And in the book, I believe he was in for multiple rapes as well. That was that was how he ended up being. In the book, they didn't go into in the In the movie, they didn't go into it as much, but... He was the leader of the quote unquote rape gang in the prison called uh the Sisters. Right. What what are we talking about? The uh Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. And you know, it's Stephen King who's never did a day in jail as far as I know in his life does his research and I've read a lot of books about him writing books, including his book on writing. Yeah, and one of the things too. one of the things he, you know, he talked about in one of those books. I don't believe it was on writing, it was another one or it might have been even an interview was the fact that there are groups of guys in prison who, if they went around and were like, I want to fuck someone in the ass, I want a blowjob tonight, there's plenty of gay prisoners who would either be looking for protection or maybe even physically attracted to them who would voluntarily give it to them. They don't want it voluntarily. They're looking to rape somebody. They're looking to impose and force their will upon somebody. Right. 
Those are the prisoners you got to watch out for. Those are the predators. Those are the people wired wrong. You know, those are child killers, child molesters, people like that, you know. So these guys, why'd they kill their parents? They wanted their money. That's it. They wanted their money. Their parents were loaded. Yeah. And they were cutting them off because they were out partying all the time instead of actually doing anything. So it's basically George Bush with a shotgun and his brother. That's basically what it is. I mean, come on, Jeb, we're gonna go kill. Maybe, uh, maybe Daddy made fun of me for being a cheerleader. We're gonna kill his ass. Maybe there's parts of it that my memory is fuzzy on, but I mean, was there even any pretense given? Was there like, yeah, they, they have any they sort being... of story of like yeah. being abused yeah. or something? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's video of that. You can go find it. They were on the stand crying, and then then he abused me or something. I can't remember now. It's been thirty years, but yeah, they were on the on the witness stand talking about how they were abused and this and this and this and this and jury didn't buy it molested and, and they, daddy yeah, and mommy shared them out stupid they just started spreading cash around like two weeks after the murder like just <laughs> everywhere you know that's the first of all that just shows you rich people when they die if you got a lawyer he can expedite the whole fucking life insurance and, and state thing real quick because <laughs> poor people will wait a couple months these motherfuckers, you're absolutely right, Chris, because I remember Drew and Like, they're showing Mike Lexuses and new cars. Yeah, Rolodex. Like, fuck a Rolodex. That's what fucking, you know, that's what that's what the commoners were. They had petite whatever, fucking all this shit. And yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it was like, I, once again, who's the teen who just got released because he killed somebody in a drunk driving accident or something, and he was... The, the the defense they used was he had affluenza. Remember that story? Oh yeah, yeah. They, like it got out years ago. Yeah, you know he he was born too wealthy, so he didn't understand how the real world worked. Right. As bullshit <laughs> of a defense as that is, I can kind of believe there's people who were born so wealthy and raised that way that they li- have lived in that bubble so long that they don't understand what what the average person goes through. Yeah, but, that's well, no excuse to do what they did. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, when we when we were coming up, like, wasn't ignorance never an excuse? Like, at some point, we exactly. crossed into that where we've allowed it to be an excuse. Yeah, I think that was the start of it right there. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. affluenza case. Yeah, just like you know, if you get pulled over for a drunk driving because you you know wiped out a tree or a mailbox or something like that, it's like saying, "Well, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't control the car because I was drunk. I, it really wasn't me; it was the alcohol." You know, try that with the law and try that. Try taking that argument into court. It has the same idea. I mean, there's we have laws, we have standards. It doesn't matter what your defect is, whether you were born too rich or whatever. It doesn't really doesn't really matter. Your Honor, you see what had happened was is that I had a few drinks. I didn't realize how drunk I was. And then the car, you know, I lost control of it, and I hit the tree. So as you can see, it's not my fault. Right. I was a victim of alcohol. No, no, that's not going to fly. Lose your yeah. license. Serve your fucking time. But yet you yeah. walk in. Some chick walks in and goes, I was drunk, and he had sex with me. Oh, that might be rape. You don't get you me started on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my fucking I'm sorry. god! That's the. I am digging a little bit, Todd. I'm sorry. That's no fair. No, my bad. My no. bad, guys. My bad. Yeah, yeah. You stupid <laughs> bitch. I've got some. Hmm. Let's move on. <clears throat> well, okay. So let's move on. We had a couple fiftieth anniversaries. Yeah. Uh, the death of uh, of 
MLK. Thought you were going to say assa- the death of reason and common sense. The, the assassination. Yeah. And- yeah. I think I think one of the interesting things is that I've been uh, paying more attention than I usually would around this time of year to a lot of the the stories, print, you know, radio. Don't watch much television at all, but you know those those two mediums at least. And uh, you know, one of the things that I'm finding interesting about this this 50 years, besides it being a nice round number, so everybody gets hyped up about it, five and tens and multiples of seem to work for us real well. Is um, the fact that in the last roughly year of his life, he was kind of pivoting on his message, not just equal rights for people of all races, but he started to take up for the downtrodden as far as income inequality, workers' rights, workers being exploited. And his last speech on the 3rd of April, 68, was, you know, I might... uh, I might not get to the mountaintop with you that speech that everyone yeah. knows that line from. Right. They actually played the whole thing on the radio. And it's not like for the black man. It's for like for all the poor people and this and that. And we how can we call ourselves Christians in a Christian nation and yet step mm-hmm. over poor people in the street and yep. not help our brother out? Essentially a lot of what, you know, we've talked about by saying you know, there's a lot of people in this world who, once they find themselves on the next, the next level of, of success, they pull the ladder up behind them. And basically, he was starting, he was starting to call people out for that. And it was, the, 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 the worm was sort of turning in his support because where, when he was just talking about equal rights for races, between the races, he had a lot of support in the middle class. Whereas once he started talking about that, there was more of a, uh, what are you talking about here? Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You know, how, are you saying I make too much money? You know, like for, his former supporters actually started bristling at his message. Oh, yeah. He wasn't that popular. I didn't realize this. Uh, I read something. Um, what is today? Today's the fifth. So I guess it was yesterday. Uh, where his, they, they did a poll number on him in oh, yeah? sometime either 68 or maybe 66, somewhere around, uh, somewhere in the mid 60s, shortly before he died. And he only 33% of the people polled in the country had a positive view of him. He was not like some messianic uh, figure that everybody adored while he was alive. And I'm not just talking about, you know, obviously you think the Klan in the South, they hated him, obviously that. But I, I, I think as if I got the information correct, the general tone around the country was not a positive one as directed there as, uh, as he was seen, which I, I, I was really surprised to read that. Well, yeah, and it's once again, you know, I say this from time to time on the show, but in 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 society, in a lot of societies, not just American society, death tends to make angels of us. Yeah, you know, people people forget things. You know, case in point, Muhammad Ali saying he'd rather see his daughter dead than marry a white man. Now, you're not going to hear that anytime a celebration of his life comes up, but there's video, there's audio. And there's written interviews of him saying that multiple times. But we just tend to gloss over that. And I mean, like, I, I understand, I understand that Martin Luther King had his faults. I and mean, first of all, he was a whore. He's a pussy hound. But what the fuck ever? I mean, honestly, I don't, that's between him and his wife. That has nothing to do with what the man did to try to help other people. I just don't care. 
Exactly. Exactly. He lives in a glass house, should not throw a stone. I was a dog exactly. once upon a time, too. <laughs> I probably, exactly. if I were Martin Luther King and I had access to that kind of power and that kind of fame and prestige, I'd have been fucking everything. Oh, I'd have been spreading my equality all over her yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. So, it's okay. It's all right. So, I mean, so right there, I don't, you know, I just, the reason I hold, the whole reason I brought that up is because I just want to say, I just, I don't care about that. Yeah. But I do find it funny that not only did he start to pivot on his message and he was assassinated, but a few years before, same thing happened with Malcolm X when he pulled away from Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad and started talking about, you know, there could be no black and, and white unity until there's black unity. And then once we have unity amongst ourselves, we can all start to have unity amongst each other. And whereas some people reacted positively to it other people started like you know oh so what are you saying like kind of, they, not, they looked at oh now you're into half measures exactly are we gonna yeah, get what happened to that? mr by any means necessary right yeah and his and he still he never backed down from let anyone say anything they want to you when they put their hands on you send them to the morgue he never backed down from that that infamous picture of him peeping out the window with an ak was after he left the Nation of Islam. He wasn't just worried about white supremacists, rednecks, and the FBI and CIA. Now he had to worry about all of them, plus the Nation of Islam coming after him. So he was still very much a, you come after me, I'm a, I'll lay you out, period. And it's just funny that these, these messages that these men are known for aren't the ones that are the evolved messages. They're not the ones that were taught in school. I never knew that. I never knew... I never knew Martin Luther King last year of his life was, you know, going to, to strikes and supporting striking workers and working in, you know, striking against unfair and unsafe working conditions and, and et cetera, et cetera. That yeah, was he never wasn't brought there. up once. He, he wasn't there organizing a march for black sanitation workers. Right. It was exactly. a sanitation workers demonstration. Had nothing exactly. to do with black and white. And I, you know, is that, is that a case of, History being socially engineered. History is always socially engineered. Well, I, but, but, but what I'm getting at is, like, in a way to, as you always put it, equality through division. You know, oh, divide yeah, unity, and conquer. Unity via division. Unity via, via division. Yeah. Thank you. You're you know, and it's it. The more the more and more I read about the real history and what was really going on back in these times, the more I feel that. There's really nothing new under the sun. It's just been repackaged and how it's delivered to us. Yeah. You know, I mean, which, you know, obviously, like, okay, okay. Case in point, 2016, the night Trump was elected and we did the live show, I said, if the Democrats want to have a chance at recovering from this, they're going to have to come up with their version of the Tea Party. And, Todd, you've, you've you know, called them the Green Tea Party. Yep. But up until literally a month ago, I was sitting here going, what the fuck issue are they going to base it around? And then the shooting in Florida happened. And now that is, boom. The Politicians went, we can latch on to that. This could be our battle cry for 2018. And if we play our cards right and we learn from the mistakes the Tea Party made after 2010, maybe we can ride this to the White House in 2020. It took you until yeah. then to find an issue? Their issue was Trump. 
Their issue, the Green Tea Party, sprouted forth in January of 2017 at his inauguration. I was in Chicago, man. I saw Antifa there. Okay, well, first They're, of all, the, and, and you know as well as I do, Antifa's well, no, been around for quite a while. It's think, not like they just showed up when Trump was elected. They, that clear, was the first time I saw them at a, de- at, at a demonstration, though. They, they had, a, they had an issue, but they needed a stance. Anti-Trump right? has always been the stance. They started radicalizing then. Okay, but, but Todd, listen, listen to what I'm saying. But it's not a platform to run on. Anti-Trump? He sucks. No, it's not. Is, isn't, isn't going... Hold on, let me... Hold, Go ahead. You can yeah. argue, just let me finish all what right, I'm saying. All right, all right. Okay, he sucks is going to get a certain amount of people to go, yeah, you're right, I'm on your side. But you support dead kids? You, you support children dying? What's wrong with you? It's the perfect way to guilt the people who, for lack of a better term, haven't really chosen a side. Look, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, I, I am not arguing that they've added that plank to their platform. I am not arguing with you at all. My, my point of contention was that there was nothing cohesive to the Green Tea Party before the shooting in Florida. I mean, you could add the Me Too movement to that. Right. If you want to. They've, all, they've also added that plank to their plat for the Green Tea platform. What I'm saying is that there was a Green Tea Party, and it was forming, and it was sprouting forth before the shooting in Florida, before Me Too and all this other stuff, and it happened with the inauguration. It's the same thing that happened with the Tea Party with Obama and how they became known as the party of no. He sucks. It's the same thing. They have a target. They have a demon that they can congeal around, and, the, and therefore they can – basically rationalize and justify their radicalization. Well, we have to radicalize. We can't compromise with this evil son of a bitch in the White House. It's the same thing they did to Obama. Yeah, but we also covered on this show the first woman's march and the second woman's march, actually. And, you know, there was some pretty, you know, passionate back and forth about how rudderless is this? We're women. We're here. Okay, so what's your fucking point? Yeah, you know, and, and, and in the discussion turned into you don't need a point to protest. And it was like, yes, we understand that. No one's saying that. But if you want to have a battle cry, if you want to have one flag to fly up the flagpole and try to unify as many people around it as possible, just going, we're half of the U.S. population and we're pissed off, ain't going to cut it. Now they got their fucking ringer. It's well, dead kids. It's gun control. I, I wonder. I'm not saying the rest of it of isn't this, there, by the way. I wonder how much of this right, is, uh, is the the politicians on the left biting off more than they can chew. Because I think they look at guns as an issue where they can bring back a trophy and show progress. They understand that there's no way that we're going to get rid of the Second Amendment, and there's no way that we can get rid of the guns out of, in this country. But if they can come back with some sort of restrictions on guns that they can show their base, then they can mark that up as a win. It's a it's a safe win. But I I'm wondering if uh if their constituents aren't going to turn around and say, no no no, that's not good enough. We're that, still yeah. we're still pushing yeah. for a full on ban. Yeah, that's Absolutely. where the that's where the Tea Party split and then the alt right went even farther. Yep. And then like I can't now you got Richard Spencer who is considered you know, a spearhead of the alt-right, I don't know who his polar opposite would be on the left necessarily, but believe me, they're out there. David Hogg. Oh, get, <laughs> he's no. They both got douchebag haircuts, so yeah, maybe. Listen, listen, kids, I put that motherfucker on demagogue watch this week. 
David Hogg. <laughs> I'm not, go ahead and laugh. That, that little son of a bitch, he's very good at what he does. He looks yeah. the part, he's articulate, and he enjoys it. And yeah, he's only I, 17. He is too good at this for a 17-year-old. I totally agree. Oh, crisis actor. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it don't even need to go all that far. It's just a matter of... It will. Mark perfect, words. No, no, no. I'm talking about. I, I'm not. I, I'm talking about going down the Alex Jones crisis actor. He's actually a 37 year old oh, no, male no, no, from. No, no, no. From Sheboygan, Wisconsin, or some shit. You let know? me let me clarify that. When I said it will, I was talking about David Hogg, the demagogue. Oh yeah, 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 Ooh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> the demagogue. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the demagogue. Yes, I got a new one today. It's been a it's been a productive show already. But I mean. I don't know. I, Rich, that's, that's, I just I'm so fr- though, I, about the, the I'm blowback sorry, ahead, Chris. from the red staters, from, from the gun people about, and God damn it, it's parroting something I heard Ted Nugent say yesterday, so help us God. But the whole, like, because I want to carry a gun saying I'm complicit with child murder, like, he, you're, you're going to get absolute, a lot of, Dude, you're absolutely right. You you're are gonna absolutely get a lot of people right. who are going to go fuck you. That is that is that is an extreme point of view. Fuck off. This is this goes back exactly to what I was talking about earlier. You're going too far. You're 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 not you, Chris, but the extreme left and the never again the hashtaggers. You're going so far as to alienate so many people who are just going to dig in or move further to the right. It, it, I think we talked about it last week. For every action, there's an equal and opposite ideological reaction. That's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to move further to the left with your anti-gun rhetoric, and you're going to push these people further to the right. You're not going to grab any of these people. You're not going to bring them to your camp. You're, you're, you're <laughs> girding your ideological loins for battle, and you're girding theirs as well. It's exactly right. Right. If you're truly in a battle for lives, then every life saved is, is a win, right? It's not an all-or-nothing thing. Right. I mean, yes— Ideally, no one should send their child to school and have them be shot. Okay, but dealing in reality, people do. This is this is. I mean, this is not a common occurrence by any means. No, but it it is one of the possible things that can happen in the world. And if if that's your concern, then you should realize that a. Trying to put a ban on weapons isn't going to do anything for that. You can't do that, it anyway. And, it doesn't. And, trying to put if, a ban on try- weapons is like trying to put, I don't know, a ban on air in this country. The the, or, the process you have to go through to get rid of the Second Amendment. Okay, if that's what you're talking drugs. about, gun elimination. It's it's out of the realm of possibility, right? Right. And edging towards that or using that rhetoric, it serves no purpose. It serves no real purpose other than lathering up your own base, your own echo chamber. In fact, it's counterproductive because of the reaction you're going to get from the people you need to make the progress you actually want to see happen. Yeah, and that progress is only going to come through compromise like anything does. But the people who are looking to compromise are are being cast out of the group. Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and meanwhile, those are the only people, if you were to organize behind people who understood compromise and progress, then maybe you could do something to lessen the amount of school shootings or whatever it is that your issue is. You know, let, let me, 
let me let me kind of shift a little bit. It's still on the same subject, but you know, one of the things I always hear from the left that maybe I've dismissed out of out of like the far from the far left. I should clarify myself. One of the things I, I always hear from the far left on a long enough timeline is, you know, uh, wasp European culture, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And 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 bear like with me here. Self-hating. Bear with bear with me here because, you know, I know that there's like schools of thought in other cultures where they can look at a tree and the tree can be straight and crooked at the same time. Okay. The trunk could be straight. The, a branch could be crooked. It can be both. But it seems like in in our American culture, I'll just I'll just I'll just whittle it down to American culture at, at this point in time, forget what happened before, what might happen. We can't hold those two opposing thoughts in our head at the same time because we're, we're not, we weren't brought up to, we weren't, we don't even realize we're not thinking that way or we don't even realize we're thinking the way we are. We just go, this is what it is. Just like when you joined the military, when you, jo- Todd, you were in the Navy, right? Yes, sir. He went to, Yes. Okay. Todd was. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, when you join when you join the military, see, that's what I get. I, I thought it was safe to shut this off. Uh, <laughs> when you join the military, especially when you join the Navy or the Marine Corps, your whole world becomes full of new vernacular. It's not a window; it's a porthole. This isn't a floor; this is a deck. You know, that's not a door; that's a hatch. This isn't a shirt; this is a blouse. And if you and and, and it even goes so far as these aren't your hands; these are dick skinners. That's not your mouth; that's a cock holster. <laughs> I mean, that's how far they take it, you know, and they re, they retrain you to think, but they have to tear you down to build you back up into the way they want you to be. And it's, you know, I, there's no tearing us down at this point because we're too comfortable. We're too comfortable in thinking the way we think. You know, if I look at that tree and I see a crooked branch, that's a crooked tree, no matter how straight the trunk of it is, you know, that. Absolute zero, the freezing point is thirty-two is below thirty-two degrees. Thirty-two degrees and below for us. Uh-huh. Try to explain to someone who was not old enough to to still have went to school with the remnants of the 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 metric system was still being taught, right? Or raised near can, the Canadian or Mexican border that absolute zero in Celsius is different than Fahrenheit, and they're going to look at you like you just said. A dog is a cat, and a cat is a dog. They're gonna go, what the fuck are you talking about? They're going to look at you. They're going to be so, you're going to come at them from so left field. They're going to act like you're stupid for what you just said, even though you know for 100% fact what you just said is right. It's like when you use a word that someone doesn't understand. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's that even mean? Why am I the asshole? Because you're an illiterate fuck. <laughs> Buy a dictionary. What is it? Why is this my problem all of a sudden? And I kind of feel like this is maybe where we're at because you have a lot of people going, what you just said about compromise. Okay, look, get rid of the fucking gun show loopholes. Get rid of whatever. Get rid of this. But you're not, you're not banning guns, period. It's not happening. If that is your stated end goal, your stated end goal might as well be to fuck Marilyn Monroe in her prime. Unless you got a DeLorean and a flux capacitor, it's not happening. All right? So give it up. Let's work towards goals we can accomplish. And the opposing sides are just like, nope. We If I can buy a tank, I should be able to afford a tank. Well, nope. No one should have any guns except for police. 
Yeah. Hey, Rich, you hit on it earlier. The word in a society where centrist is now a dirty word, that still blows my fucking mind. You you can no longer try to make sense of both sides. You have to pick a side. Yeah. And let's be clear here, because we spend a lot of time on this show. I've noticed this, and I, I'm guilty of this as well, bashing the left. Now, the right has their batshit factions as well. You know, we need to kind of remember that. It's I, th- I think we get caught oh, yeah. up in left bashing a lot on this show because they are the alternative to the orange baboon, right? right. They are because the they hope. disappoint me more. Oh, my God. And they, <laughs> it, it pains me. They yeah, that's still the thing. The is left. We all probably had hope for that side until exactly. recently. Exactly. Yeah. And we're seeing them behave as the antithesis, the Green Tea Party, the, the direct polar opposite, just as batshit, but to the other side as the Tea Party was over the last 10 years. And that's well, the problem. Well, right. I mean, to, to use the, go back to the YouTube shooting as the most recent example. The, the same, the same people that in the past were saying, let's not jump to any conclusions when, you know, somebody blows himself up. And we, we can't, we can't say necessarily. We have to find out all the facts on this. We don't know if this, if, uh, if this is, uh, somebody radicalized by Islam, mm-hmm. but yet, this YouTube shooting happens and everyone's like, guaranteed this is going to be another white male. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, it's adopting, it's adopting the same tactics. You know, I'm used to being ex- let down by the crazy batshit shit from the right. All right. Yeah. That ship sailed a long time ago. This was supposed to be the, where, wasn't this the side telling, screaming hope for the last hope and change, hope and change, yeah. hope and change. Well, you know, no, I, it's, it's just become more of the same old bullshit. Let's it's, not let's not make the mistake though of saying that teabaggery failed. Okay, look at the White House, look at Congress. Teabaggery didn't fail. I'm not saying it failed. I said I'm just used you to just being said, let down you, by their their, their you, ideologies. You use the word fail. The the fact that the person that I had to fucking remove from my friends list today is as far to the left as they are, and the one of the first words out of their mouth in the fucking back-and-forth exchange was, or first statements out of their mouth in a back-and-forth exchange was, the left and liberals don't play identity politics. That's the Republicans <laughs> and the rights game. I saw uh, that. That's just <laughs> not being self-aware. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly right. That, I, that, it was, it was when I was like, okay, dude, please take this to your page, take it to a private message. And he just kept going. He ignored me and he didn't respond to me in private messages. So I just fucking was like, later, dude, let's not, get into I'm that. Not, I'm not doing I'd that. like, I'd actually like to get into that a little bit. Why do you suppose that is that, they, that you were uh, ignored, Rich? That what we're asking? That I was yeah, ignored yeah, yeah. or that I'd like to know why it is. You think that he couldn't possibly have a private personal discussion. Why do you suppose it is that he had to have this broadcast on your page? You know what I mean? Signaling. I mean that's my that's that's what I instantly think. It's yeah. someone that wants you to see them doing that. Yeah. Who are they showing off for? That's what it boils down to, right? They've got their pre-planned little posts, their their little propaganda missives, dispatches that they got from somewhere, and they feel the need to take it someplace and show it to someone. Who are they trying to impress? Who are they trying? What are they trying to accomplish? See, here's what's blo- here's what blows my mind. Outside of talking about subjects that weren't politics, for the most part, that that was the that was the bulk of our online friendship. And when politics would come up, he would take pot shots, and at first I would fire back. And I'm talking, this, I was friends with him back in like I think 
2010 is when is when I added them. And eventually, I, I just learned to let it go. It's like it's not worth it. No one's going to change their mind. Whatever. And then it was kind of like he had nothing to do with me. And this, I, I mean, it, it, this one meme I posted it had really nothing to do with gun control. It just said, you know, you know, the the, the gunman is an Iran, a woman of Iranian descent, and it had a picture of Justin Trudeau going, "Excuse me, I prefer gun person." That's it. That's what set him off. And he jumped in and just whack started hammering away about gun control and all this. And my one buddy jumped in and I was like, dude, don't, don't. And he just kept hammering. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know why he ignored me. I just, just I, I, I really want to get to the crux of this because I used to do the same thing. Okay. Like I said, I'm, I'm not excusing my past behavior here. And I, I do at times feel the twinge and the urge to do the same thing nowadays. But what do you what do you suppose is trying to be? I mean, what's the motivation here? Maybe I'm because being a little bit egotistical. Maybe he actually listened to the podcast recently and figured because I mean, it's I don't hide it on my page that, I, that I'm a host on this show. It's my profile picture. It says it right under, yeah. you know, yeah. what do I do? Hosted unregimented. Been yeah. around for four years. Plenty of time for him to finally check one out. Most likely, he probably checked out a recent one, and he probably decided that he's going to get his say no matter what. Because let's be honest, what did we just, what did I just talk about a few weeks ago on an episode about this exact thing? How I yeah. posted, don't come with this bullshit because I'll just fucking, I'll shut it down. Yeah. It's well, like dude, he you, was doing it going, I podcast, dare you to do you it. You are half the fucking problem. Shit like that that you posted to Rich, Rich's page today did nothing. Did nothing except masturbate your fucking ego for a couple of hours. That's all it did. Nobody, nobody was swayed by any of your wisdom. You're a cliche dispenser, dude. That's all you are. A Tampax dispenser is more useful than your wisdom. Stop it. You're not helping. Shove that in your ear for a while. Think about I mean, it. What I the mean, fuck no, do you think's happening here? What the, how the fuck do you think people are reacting to that? Do you say, oh my God, he's so smart. I think I'll listen. I think I'm going to be become a liberal. No, they're saying, fuck you, dude. I am a liberal motherfucker and I'm saying, fuck you. Shut the fuck up. I think it's kind of like some the, cat videos. I think, see, that's what I, that's all I want to do is be able to rant and shit post and somehow politics get drunk into it. No. But no, seriously, I, I think, I purge think, and purge often, brother. I, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I, th I think a lot of it, what it is, is that certain people have just given up all pretense that they're trying to change minds and they, 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 okay. <laughs> Max, if you're listening, you said it, bud. I can screenshot it for you. Yeah, like my little brother said in, in an exchange when someone said, oh, there we go. There's one of those, those tolerant liberals. And he goes, I never said I'm a to I'm tolerant. In fact, I'm an authoritarian. Yeah. Boom. Right there. They're starting, they, 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 they what they don't realize is they're starting to go so far left. The horseshoe theory is coming into play. <sighs> yeah. They don't realize that, you know, you're, you're becoming what you hate. Yeah. But they're starting to just embrace it because they feel, you know what? Now. Fuck it. You know what's yeah. best? I'm gonna drop a I'm gonna drop a fucking a, a, a few locks into a homie sock and go upside some Trump supporter's head wearing a fucking you know all black because I'm part of the black block of Antifa. Right. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, that that was my There's... major beef with Bush and his administration is that they they had this idea of how the world works and and what we should be doing and they're going to 
go down that route with the justification of, well, you know, the, the people don't know any better, that we're the authorities on this stuff and we're just going to get it done the way we see fit. And if we have to flaunt the law to do so, well, we're, we're doing it for the, for the greater good anyway. Right. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience. Uh, I think he stepped away, but I'll, 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 I may have to repeat some of this. I had a similar experience this week with a guy that I've been a really good guy. This guy is, uh, you probably remember him, Chris, uh, this guy named Todd R., who's been on my page for a while. We've had some really good exchanges back and forth. He's a really self-aware kind of guy, good dude, hard liberal, always has been. Uh, was he but, in the baseball league that we were in? Yes, I think he was. Gotcha. No, 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 not that Todd, another one. But he was in the baseball group for a little while. Anyway, uh, we got into it. He posted something about uh, it was the day of the big march, the Never Again March, which I think was, was that last weekend? I think so. Uh, uh, yeah. Everything's yeah. going march by like a blur now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was that day. And he was obviously all caught up in the, the feel-good moment. The feel-good nature of the moment, seeing all those people in the streets marching for righteous gun gun control and all this other stuff. And he posted uh, something down the line of, uh, never ignore the wisdom of youth. And I thought that was one of the stupidest things I've ever heard because, by most definitions, wisdom and youth are mutually exclusive. You can be smart and be youthful, but you can't be wise. It's pretty much fucking impossible because you have to have context. You have to have experience going through life in order to apply your knowledge and make it wisdom. Generally, right? Yeah, generally. How it used that, to be. Yeah, well, that's what I said to him. <laughs> I'm like, what the, I mean, I said it on my page. I did not go to his page. I, I, I basically posted something on my page addressing that. Didn't mention him by name or anything. He could have just ignored it. Nobody would have known it had anything to do with him. He couldn't ignore it, so he came on, and we had an exchange on my page. And um, that's basically what I told him. That, yeah, youth and wisdom, no, they don't go together. It's not like PB and J. Uh-uh. It's more like peanut butter and mayonnaise. Doesn't work, right? <laughs> and through the course of the conversation, he knows my history with getting rid of the far left and the far right. I've I've purged most of my uh, green tea baggy baggy friends over the last year. I have very few people who are left that I really want to have any kind of exchanges with. And he basically came. Well, I'm I'm I guess. I'm just a snowflake. I'm proud of it. And if you want to get rid of me, you go right ahead or something to that effect. And it occurred to me when Rich was um, sharing the story about his brother saying he's an authoritarian and this guy Todd saying he's a snowflake. He embraced the term snowflake. This other guy embraced the term authoritarian. We saw this last year with the deplorables. It's the same fucking thing where you just give the fuck up and you surrender your intellectual autonomy and embrace the slander. Or you, you don't care anymore whether or not you're actually thinking. You've given in to the right. dogma, you've given in to the ideology, the zombieism, however you want to look at it, and you just accept it. I'm a snowflake. I'm an authoritarian. I'm a right. deplorable. I, Let's start a group <laughs> called the deplorables. <laughs> I, I, I think your point was that it was just a, a logical fallacy. Like, yeah, that's it. It's like, it's like you can't have both bread and toast, right? You can't right. have it both ways. That was my original point, and I, I, I just it, it struck me because the guy is smart. He's a very intelligent person. It's like the lawyer guy that I was talking about a few weeks ago, you know, uh-huh. who's smarter than this. He has given up. He has surrendered his intellect to the doctrine. It's fundamentalism, evangelicalism. 
Give it another ism. Whatever ism you want to provide, that's where it belongs. He is no longer thinking. He's no longer an intellectually autonomous being. He's a drone. He's a zombie. He's lobotomized. If you're putting that out there, the wisdom of youth, because of something you saw at a fucking march, you're gone. <laughs> you're fucking gone. Oh, I'm a snowflake. He agreed. He <laughs> literally basically just gave up, surrendered right there. I'm just a snowflake. And see, honestly, that's that's. Uh, How do you deal hear, with that? Anytime I hear someone go, snowflake, cuck, whatever, I, it's. I hate to say this. Before I lived in the South, the minute I heard a Southern accent, I, I probably took about twenty IQ points off from away from you. I still do. I can't help it. Then I <laughs> then I moved down south, and I met some really intelligent, wise people, and was like, "Wow, that's." That's awful prejudice to me. I was, I'm an asshole. Yep. The minute I hear cuck, snowflake, any of these other buzzwords, whether they're using it in reference to themselves or they're using it as a, as a pejorative towards someone else, I just automatically want to disconnect from them. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm done. You are so deep into the vernacular of your own bullshit that you can't even come up with an original insult. Like, I kind of pride myself on some of the shit I come up with. Like, you know, I, 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 and, 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 and if you've ever worked with me, you know that it flows naturally. It's not like I'm sitting around going, come guzzling gutter slut. No, that doesn't work. Sperm burping road whore. No, that doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just flows. And these assholes don't even have the fucking... It's a gift. It, <laughs> A uh, family full of military weak. people and truck drivers. <laughs> weak titty weak bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And some of them can become, become rich isms. They get used every once in a while from, by other people. But I mean, it's just, it's laziness to a level that I can't get with. And much like the dude, I'm a lazy man. Like, I, I have, I have literally spent five minutes vacuuming over something versus just stopping and bending over and picking it up. I, not five minutes. That was the wrong use of the word, literally. Okay. About 45 seconds. <laughs> Enough to be like, what am I doing with my life? Just pick it up, stupid. But intellectual laziness, when you're claiming to be an intellectual, when you're attacking right. other people's intelligence, that's an unforgivable sin in my book. You yeah, can't you, show you, up to a battle of wits it, unarmed. Yeah, it is laziness because it's just a label that you can apply to somebody or even yourself. In in place of having an actual stance on something, well, it's, it's you. You just you come to like, is that all you got? It's just like lazy humor. Like, oh, really? That's all you could you know, have done. That's all you did with that. You know right, what it it's is? Like a Mike Huckabee joke. It's the political nigger. It's Ooh. the one word that you can use to throw at the other person. The, the slander. The one thing that you think is going to hurt him the most. Calling him a snowflake. Calling him a cuck. Yeah, yeah, well, Hitler's become too mainstream now. It's it's right. almost cliche to use Hitler was Hitler. a centrist. <laughs> yeah, I was a vegan. In my podcast, how many times I'm going to say Hitler? Just so you know, people that are looking for that, they'll know that they can find it, and those that aren't, that aren't that are, that are sick of it will be warned. Uh, uh, you know? Oh, there's one. There's a second Hitler reference. No, I think, but Todd, you're, I think you're absolutely right because I've yeah. I, you know I go into comment sections, and inevitably, if there's a person who who has a black profile picture arguing with a person with a white profile picture the minute the the person with the black profile picture makes a valid point 
Like I can just picture the 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 the, the white person just cracking their knuckles and just their finger hovering over the end button, just like here it comes. And when it happens, which it inevitably does in these arguments, most of the time it's like the black the black folks are like, that's all you got. <laughs> that you might as well just yeah. take your underwear off, cut out the pee stains and the skid marks, and wave the white flag. Yeah, black yeah, people did the same thing that I was talking about with Todd and Snowflake and with the deplorables. They they incorporated it. They call themselves niggas now. They owned it. That's ba- it's, it's kind of the same thing that's happening with these these yeah. groups now. Yeah, you know yeah. these these little subgroups. Remember remember about five years ago, it really started slut walks. We're yeah. sl- carrying signs. We're sluts. Just yeah. we're still not asking for it, and I'm a slut. You know, and all slut. that. And it, I, yeah, and I was just like, what? You're calling slut, your, okay, slut, slut shaming. shaming. Yes, that was it. Yeah, but but right. now I do have to say, the ten percent of the time I'm online and I'm watching someone argue, and a white person's like fucking nigger, and a black person's like, how dare you? And they flip out. I'm like, is this your first day on the internet? <laughs> it's my first day. I mean, yeah. welcome to the internet, folks. I don't know what to tell you. It yeah. gets. It ain't going to get any prettier than that. That's about as polite as it gets. Well, that's that's part of the problem, though. I think that I was talking about earlier. I think that attitude, and I'm not not criticizing. I mean, I I understand exactly where you're coming from, but I think that is something that needs to change. Where it's okay to throw that around. And, oh, that's just the internet. No, you're just an ass. You know, there's no shame anymore. There's no sense of personal decorum. No sense of personal decency at all. It's where the id has gone to publicly masturbate. Well, that's why I. That's why I. I posted what I did a few weeks ago about there's no debate, there's no argument, there's no flaming on my page. You all have your own pages because you're here on Facebook. You have to register. You have to have a page to be here. Right. Go to your house and piss on your own floor. Yeah. Stop pissing on mine. And it's the least I, it's the very least I can do. You know, the most I should do, honestly. And I don't know, man. I don't want to be one of those guys that announces I'm going to do it before I do it, but it's almost like, Maybe I should. That way someone will hold me accountable, like a sober buddy or something, and just delete my fucking account. Because at this point, I can't post anything without somebody having something to say. No, you, you, the, the, the trick is, and I, it's worked very, very well for me. It pisses me off every now and then because my page has become really boring. It's almost like a, like a ghost town out in Idaho somewhere. You know, tumbleweed floating through, except when I post something. But get rid of them. Purge. You don't have to deactivate it. You don't have to delete it. Get rid of the people that cause the problems. You're having the same effect if you delete it or you delete them. They're gone. See, or I don't scroll down. That's another way. I rarely, rarely scroll down. I don't like because... having people in my, in, my, in my list that I don't want to hear from. Then they're pointless. There's no reason to have them. I may as well just get rid of them. I want to keep the people that I do want to hear from. But everybody else, the troublemakers, people that can't control themselves, can't control their impulses, can't stop from uh, throwing, you know, starting these flame wars that go on for days, get rid of them. It's it's real simple. It can be it, it gets to be boring, but it really there's no point in in deleting your entire account at this point, where when you can control who's coming over to play. I'll pose this question to you guys. Maybe it's rhetorical. Maybe it isn't. I learned that this ship has sailed on social media a long time ago. What happened to name-calling is the last refuge of somebody with no argument left? Isn't that how that's supposed to work? If you're calling someone a name, you got nothing left. You are it's out the, of logical arguments. 
It's the decay of just common decency, man. The Internet offers no accountability whatsoever. You do not have to be accountable to anyone. You can say anything. People think it's okay to do it just because it's the Internet. They think that they can act like three-year-old children. And you're right. I mean, that used to be what you, you know, when you were having a conversation, an adult conversation with someone, that used to be the standard. But that standard has been obliterated. As much as I got into it with people in my past, I tried at my I tried to never, ever, trust me, Fed shared shit launched at me, but I tried to never, ever be that guy. Cause like, no, because then I look, I look like I'm out. I look like I'm out of, we're done with this, we're done with this discourse. It's no longer, like, it just, I don't know, but apparently I have standards. Oh, well. No, I, mean, I used to get. place for people like me. I used to get to a point, I don't remember, and this is, this is back, you know, I was really good at this, Chris. I played that game really, really well oh, once yeah. upon a time. And I, I used to be able to have decent conversations with folks. Uh, but there always came a point, usually with an ideologue, usually with someone from the far right, the, tea, the teabaggers, where the conversation would become, just get to the point where it was so stupid, where they were recycling shit that I've seen on memes 53 times or seen on other people's pages over and over and over again. And that's where it would start with me. But if you're not really here, if you're not capable of having, I felt insulted that this stupid person was trying to interact with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that's, that's completely arrogant. I understand that. But that's how it felt. And I just wanted them to shut the fuck up. So I would think of anything I could say to get them to shut up. See, now I just, I, I made the mistake of talking uh, a month or two ago. And it just, it, it turned into what it always does. It was like I was arguing with somebody who was on a loop of talking points. I eventually just fucking muted the conversation. Because they yeah. kept coming back at me just on the same loop. And it's like, you're you making can pre- the same points. You're not yeah. advancing the conversation. I'm done. Have you like, ever gotten you to the point? You can sit here and argue with me, and I'm not going to get your notification. So good luck looking like a fucking idiot. Have like, you ever gotten to the point where you could literally, and I mean this, I mean, I'm using the proper term, the proper use of the word literally, predict the next response? Almost verbatim. Yeah, that conversation. It just turned Almost into a verbatim. loop of talking points. Yeah, you knew exactly where it was coming because you knew how they'd been programmed. Because you'd seen it a million times. I don't know. And then I, I just said to myself, God damn it, Chris, you knew the stove was hot. You put your hand on it anyways. This is your fault. Go back yeah. to work. I don't know what the point of all that was. But it, 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 I understand it. I mean, I, I, I have been there, and I can't, be, I can't condemn people too much because I feel my hypocrisy alarm go off quite often when I do that because I know, I know I've, I've been there. I have... I have a, a social media boneyard of friendships uh, because of it, but I see the damage that I did, and I don't see it getting any better. And I can see it, and that's why I'm so in, in enthusiastic about getting this message. That's why it always, I always come back to the same thing on this, because I can see the damage that happened in my life. I can see the damage that happened to the relationships. I know I didn't change anyone. I know a lot of the time that I just reinforced and forced people to double down and dig in on what I consider ridiculous um, political leanings. Let's just put it that way. I know I, I was part of the problem. Well, that was kind of I, my point, is I knew yeah. I was being part of the problem. And it's like, God damn it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really, I don't know. Really what it boiled down to is I knew what I was doing, and son of a bitch, I fell for it again. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you get to the point you can see it. You understand it from personal experience. You know, it's like the, it's like the alcoholic who knows how his life got better when he quit drinking. Right. But you can't go talk to the alcoholic at the bar. You can't tell them that, hey, what you're doing is self-destructive. They have to 
figure it out for themselves. But the problem is they're not going to figure it out for themselves because they've got hordes and hordes of virtual enablers sitting there ready to buy them the next drink and reinforce what they're doing. That's the problem. There aren't enough of us. You know, and that's, that's, that's how I feel because I, you know, have, 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 you know, had a incident in my personal life recently where I, you know, I talked about it with Aaron. I'm not going to go into details, but I talked about it with Aaron and, you know, he pretty much laid it out just like you did. He's like, you know, at a certain point, and believe me, I'm very resistant to a lot of the 12 step speak because people, first of all, most people don't understand that that's not nothing you hear that they, that they like to throw around is diagnose, you know, is diag- psychological diagnosis mm-hmm. is in the DSM five. Right. It's all from Bill W and Dr. What's his fuck and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, enabler, codependent, you know, alcoholism and addiction as a disease. These are all from their school of thought. So I'm, you know, but there is a point where it's, it, it, you are, you, you have to look at yourself and go, wait a minute. I don't like this behavior. I don't like that the person keeps doing this. Yet if I don't cut the rope, they're never going to. And as long as I'm connected to them in some way, they're going to feel that they have that, 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 you know, that safety net, you know, they can't hit bottom if, you know, they're tied, they have a rope tied around you and you're nowhere, you know, you're out of the hole a couple miles away, but they can sure drag you down. And it's just, you know, looking at it, looking at it with social media, looking at it with, with, in, in my personal life, I'm just like, you know, I've really cut out a lot of people and it's not malicious. I didn't announce to them I was doing it. I just did it because there's nothing there anymore. Right. There's nothing know, wrong I mean, with that. Well, you know, and one of the questions I've had to ask myself is, if I just met these people, would I want anything to do with them? <laughs> yeah. And the answer yeah, is I, really no a lot of the times. I got into this in one of my one of my podcasts. I think it might have been the last. Yeah, I think it was the last one where social media, you know, I, I may have talked about it on this one as well, but there used to be, be a point in time not too long ago where as you grew up and you grew older and you moved on with life, people just automatically fell away out of neglect, right? You didn't. Neither one of you really maintained the relationship. You lost each other's phone numbers. People may have moved. You just, they just weren't there anymore. And it was okay. You know, we accepted that. Maybe we didn't like it so much. Maybe we thought it kind of sucked a little bit. But really, if you're not putting the effort into the friendship, neither one of you are enough to stay in touch, then the friendship's probably dead anyway. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Social media dug up that boneyard. And brought all of these friendship zombies from your fucking elementary school history back and brought them walking through your front door. You know, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous to think that just because you knew somebody or worked, maybe, maybe you worked with them 15 years ago or you went to high school with them or something that they deserve a place on your couch just because of some technology. It's ridiculous. Human evolution doesn't work that way. It never has. And so to be able to sit, to have to sit here and it, it, the, the problem is the physical act of cutting these people out of their lot of your life. That's what it is. You have to actually go in and you have to click the unfriend button rather than just ignore them and letting them fade off into the ether again. Right. You have to be aggressive. Right. You have to make a, a legitimate choice, a conscious and it's choice. it's come off as aggressive. Well, whatever. Yeah. And what you're really doing, though, tangibly, I mean, if you really think about it, what you're doing is you're resetting the friendship to the free, so, the pre-social media status of none. There's nothing wrong with that. It's how humans work. 
We keep people close to us who are relevant. The people who are not close enough to us, who don't matter, who don't have any real standing in our lives, our organic lives, they go away naturally. And just because we have this technology here now, now now that we have to make a conscious choice, it creates this anxiety. There's no anxiety that should be felt there. If you don't fit in my life and you're not adding anything positive to it, go away. It's okay. I don't hate you. I just don't have any use for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't feel bad about that. Nobody else should either. I, I completely agree. I mean, any relationship, it's reciprocal. Yeah. There has to be a positive symbiotic relationship there. Yeah. Or you're not friends. <laughs> you know, friend, it, it's ironic <laughs> that, fa- that Facebook uses friends. It's, it's totally corrupted the definition of friendship, I think. I I I, th- I, liter- I literally proper use again. I literally believe that. I think that it's taken this oh, yeah. concept of friendship and bastardized it. Right. It's kind of like that, like the the Hollywood definition of friends. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You don't really know the person. You just know who they are, and you've talked fake. to them once, <laughs> and you give them a fake kiss on the cheek every now and then when you see them. Right. Right. <laughs> That's a every once in a while throw them a like to let them know you you still see them. You still. See, Get their post in your feed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and there's no hope for a, a course of a change of course on this behavior either. I mean, that's why these stories about Russia meddling and Cambridge Analytica and Facebook have so much traction with the people because these are all ways where they can point the finger somewhere else. Well, we were manipulated. Well, you're, you're right. manipulated because you're gullible. You're an easy target. <laughs> you were Joe susceptible, Rogan. susceptible to it. You, yeah. Joe Rogan, like just, you left your door unlocked. You didn't even try and like guard against <laughs> the the thieves. Joe, Joe Rogan just had a podcast, I believe, yesterday. Maybe he put it out today. Uh huh. <clears throat> I got about two thirds of the way through. It's with uh, Liz Fair. Oh, and nice. There, and there, yeah, there's another one we can fight over. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, and she's 50, and she still looks pretty goddamn good. It's scary, dude. 50 is the new 30, or else I'm just getting old. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyways, no, you're good. I'm telling you're you right old. now, I think, I think I'm her type. <laughs> oh, you? Yeah, you're just not Rich. 6'1". I remember that song very well. That's yeah, the only hike. Oh, shit, that's right. What's up? Have you looked up Liz Hurley lately? Yeah. She is 52. It looks like she is baby pushing 30. Maybe. At least body-wise. Oh, God. Oh, you and I will. We're not going to fight over Liz Fair, by the way, Aaron. You can have her. Right. That's <laughs> well, it's, it's mighty done. chivalrous. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> well, they were, talking, they were talking about social media and, and you, know, the, you know, how your phone is always and the whole analytics thing and blah 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 and how your phone's always listening and right. this and that and <clears throat> Joe Rogan basically was like you know I think in twenty years as our generation dies off it's just going to be to the point where you're not going to care you're going to know your smart TV is watching you you're going to know that there's 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 devices in your smart devices in your house that see you walk around naked that see you jerk off and. They're going to see everybody. And so everybody's just going to stop fucking caring. Right. If it goes viral, you're like, oh, shit, people want to see that? I should be monetizing this in some fashion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you I should have started the website. Start, better Kardashian up. <laughs> and, you know, she goes, you know, it's, it's kind of how I feel now. It's kind of how, you know, we, when, you know, because Liz Fair, she started when you could be a celebrity, but not unless you chose to put yourself there or the paparazzi sought you out. 
not in the spotlight 24-7. And she's like, now everything's 24-7. Everything. And, you know, you well, can't well, even... Well, if you're not, then you're some weird reclusive celebrity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you're, like, storing your piss in jars. But it's beyond... <laughs> because it, you're not, like, posting, like, your life on Instagram 24-7. You're like, you're like, you're like Howard you're Hughes not, and shit. You got right. three-foot-long fingernails and toenails and shit. Uh, but no, and it's, but, but she even took it a step further and said, but now it's getting to the point where it's just everyday people and we just accept it. I mean, I, one of the things I pointed out to one of my coworkers recently was I said, next time you're in a, at a, at a major, especially in Oakland County, I don't know about Macomb so much in Wayne, they tend to steal them. So it's only in certain intersections, but I said, next time you're in a major intersection, look up and look at the top of, of a pole and look at the camera on there. Yeah. And I said, I'll even give you one. It's not a major intersection. Uh, uh, Beck Road, a mile south of Pontiac Trail. I forget the name of the what, Beck and West Road. There's been a camera there for almost 20 years recording 24 mm-hmm. seven. Why? There's literally two lights there. It's, it's, it's one lane going east, west, north, south in a, in a left turn lane. That's it. I'm like, you don't understand how much we're, we're constantly being Watched, observed. Yeah, you totally get hey, man. I mean, I, I used to notice those all the time when they started popping up, and now... Whatever. Yeah. It's just part of well, life, right? I use Waze all the time. Waze tells you where there's cameras at when they're at the red lights, but I'll give you this one further. When I used to go to New York City all the time, you'd be walking around in Brooklyn and look up, <laughs> and there's just cameras that have NYPD up on a pole. Yep. And I, remember- oh, I watch TV every time somebody gets murdered in... in uh, in New York, there's a nearby party store. <laughs> it's got a camera running. Well, I mean, dude, in 2004, no, 2007, excuse me, because I'd just gotten high-speed internet. Someone in a forum I was a member of linked, ooh, I know, right? Like, yeah, five years after everybody else got it. Um, the hamster on my, my dial-up connection wheel died, so I had to you know, give up and get to high-speed. But there was just literally a corner camera in New York recording one corner. And you could watch it 24 7. Mm-hmm. And it was a live feed. It wasn't herky jerky. It was clear as fuck. I'm sure if I had the software to record it, I could zoom in and, and, and enhance and enhance, <laughs> enhance. <laughs> exactly. Super trooper my way in there and start, you know, ooh, that dude had problems with acne when he was a teenager. Look at all them pock marks, you know, that type shit. And it's just, I don't think we, I don't think most people stop and think that there is probably, Hours and hours and hours and I mean hundreds and thousands of hours of video of us just do going about our day to day lives, audio recordings. And when Edward Snowden come out, didn't he basically confirm that? Isn't that I mean, you know yeah. and the government was going, No, we would never do that. He come out and goes, Well, here's proof that they did and they ran him out of the country. That no, fuck that. That man's a fucking patriot. He exposed the fact that our government was looking us dead in the face and saying, I swear to God, I won't come in your mouth. I'll tell you when I'm about to come. Right. And not even a tap on the top of the head. And Just straight down the throat. That's what they did to us. I gotta take it I gotta take a, a bit of a different track on this. And I, it, you actually it's your fault, Rich. Uh, I think that um I think we're, what we're seeing right now, and I'll take it back to the cyberspace monkey notion from a couple of weeks ago, is that we're still, like I keep saying, we're in the infancy of this. And as far as the changes that are coming, people may adapt to this. It may evolve in a more acceptable way, I think, as time moves on. May. 
I'm not saying that as a definitive statement. <laughs> I'm not saying that I think that's going to happen, but I leave that open to possibility that uh, maybe in 10 or 15 years, it's not going to be on the same trajectory as now. I don't know. But I, I do think that people may well, get to the point where they're becoming more and more aware of the effects of not just social media, but, but technology in general, and right. maybe be, be able to shape it a little bit better than they are now. Historically, we're, humans are fairly uh, resourceful and innovative, and uh, we've been known to pull ourselves out of a nosedive or two. Occasionally, not always. <laughs> I don't know. It's worth, well, you know, I, I, I do have to kind of, it's really easy to be, just get mm, reflexively cynical, I guess, and just assume that the track and the course that we're on right now is going to be the same track and course we're on in 20 or 30 years. Uh, and that may be indeed the case, but there at least is a sliver of hope that maybe we'll gain a little bit of a, of awareness and even self-awareness and be able to maybe correct things a little bit. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just, I think it's, I thought it was oh, very look, interesting. Look who's the optimistic one now, Todd. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just thought it was a very interesting point that we could get so comfortable with being recorded in our own homes by technology we bring into our own homes. Yeah. Like, will, willingly, toward, we're just like, eh, I understand there's an FBI agent somewhere. It's like, let me look for terrorists, but let me see if that fat rich guy's jerking off to weird porn again. <laughs> yep, there he goes. <laughs> It's like a it's clockwork. A, it's a trade-off we're willing to make for the convenience. Yep, it's true. Well, dear FBI agent, some sites I forget. Send me a list that way I can go back. It's like it's like when I was a kid and I'd lose a VHS tape and find it six months later. It was like new porn. It, shit, you know, it's brand new all over again. So send me a list somewhere. It's my request from the FBI. I have some of that actually. I found it. It was from uh, so what, VHS old porn. porn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rich's old porn. I hacked him, dude. I don't need to hack you. I've got my own. I uh, I think it was from '08. It's like ten years old, and uh, I found VHS? it stashed. I'd hidden it on a uh, an external hard drive. Oh, di- okay, digital. Yeah, yeah. I was downloading at that point. It was before streaming really like came along, so you had to download the files <laughs> and right. then play them. And uh, yeah, I have a bunch of those. That I found uh, not too long ago. I'll send them if you guys want to see them. What? I have access Are, to Pornhub. What the? Okay. I mean, shit. I, I, yeah, but I know, but wait a minute. Porn, Chris. I was thinking, like, I want to. I want to make sure right? before anyone answers this question. None of these porns are starring Todd, right? No, those are okay. <laughs> I don't. None of us wants to see that, bro. I, I'll tell you. Let what, me tell I you got, something. And that's why I was silent. I wasn't sure what we were talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. None of the ones I was just referring to uh, are starring me. But I do have one from the radio days in uh, K Zoo, Chris, that I could submit. It's that good. <laughs> I swear Look, to God. I, I swear to fucking God. Oh, man. I've got, I got a little POV right. action going, then I set it up on the dresser. For me. One day I'm going to be on Pornhub and you're going to show up. And it's not going to be good. It's not going to go well. Oh, yes, it will. Well, I, you <laughs> know, I found out this, for me at least, Sam Kennison described recording himself fucking in a way that I was like, oh, it'll be different for me. And then I did it. And he described it as a, it looked like a polar bear fucking a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I recorded some and I played it back and I made it about 
15 seconds in because all I just heard was from beyond the grave, the prophet Kennison's voice going, it looks like a polar bear fucking up basketball. Oh, oh. And I was like, oh, Jesus, that was too accurate. You know, the worst, the worst part of this one, the worst part of mine is I was in my early 30s and I was working at the radio station and I was eating McDonald's every day. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. I was not a healthy early 30s man at that point. And I can tell watching, I haven't watched in a few years, but I remember watching it and thinking, holy shit, I'm out of breath. I look like I'm about ready to have a heart attack. <laughs> Well, at least you don't look like John Popper fucking an inanimate object. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, no, so, yeah it's world, like I, I was so young and so... snuff film. <laughs> I'm going to play it at my funeral. Oh, God. Project it on your tombstone. We'll have video tombstones by then, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I could do that like from midnight to two. I'll bet you we'll be able to program them. So I'll put my travel videos on during the day. And then for the drunk people stumbling through the cemetery at night, I'll have my porn on between midnight and 2 a.m. After dark. <laughs> it's gonna be a- and oh, today good. in Kalamazoo, 20 people on ecstasy were found circle jerking over somebody's <laughs> fucking tombstone. <laughs> I wonder if I could program like a voice in there to like just laugh at them or something like that if I get a bunch of people. <laughs> if you really want to fuck them up, put a jump scare about halfway through it. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Rip their dicks off in, in terror. <laughs> oh you could, god you could have the crazy grave rider do you have him install a squeegee <laughs> kind of like the thing at the gas stations where you dip it in you know how much the average jizz mopper makes <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness any word from uh, that, Anna Kendrick that would be this like week? the only good reason to be buried I think <laughs> If, if if I knew that people were going to jerk off over my grave, yeah. You're more dead than you did alive, man. Right. Yeah. Well, you can't do that over a pile of ashes. You just end up with a mess. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? You know what happens at Gigi Allen's grave, right? His fans what? show up and get drunk and piss on his grave. Okay. Yeah. And one of his, sense. I think one of his former band members Finally was like, a chance to get him back. Well, one of his band members said, I toured with Gigi for 10 years. I have my years. mouth open, goddammit. He's like, I toured with Gigi for 10 years. He pissed. He got pissed on by a lot of people, but I think he's been pissed on more since he's been dead than he was alive, and that's quite a feat. Right. <laughs> he's got the greenest grass there, though. <laughs> and no, we have not yet heard back from Anna Kendrick, so the Battle Royale will have to be put on pause <laughs> for another episode. Well, I'm disappointed. Oh. I was sure, I was sure, sure that uh, somebody would have received an email by now. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm well, hey, Anna, Chris, said, Chris, Chris said something about a cease and desist order in her name. Yeah, but. Like, say, and if you're out there, Adam Regimented Pod on Twitter, unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Fuck that. Tazilla X at Gmail. You give her the wrong email address, you Jesus, subversive little shit. Go to Escaping the Cave and take a look at your future ex-husband. Escapingthecave.com, man. There you go. Uh, there I wonder if she'd want to see my video first. And would not. <laughs> Scouting. <laughs> All right, let's see what you can do. Oh, All right, he, he, he's he's a short reliever. He comes out he comes out of the pen strong, but he doesn't have it to last into the late innings. Oh no, no, yeah. no. This, this <laughs> tape gassed. Let me let me be clear here. This tape is almost an hour long. It's just that I felt like I was going to have a coronary event about three Look, just uh, because you three got, quarters of the way through. It. 
Just because you got all Kubrick with it and we're looking for the perfect lighting and angle and shit. <laughs> no, honey, retake. Come on, do it again. Do it again. Oh, no, she was into this, dude. She wasn't. She, she was like some groupie chick that I met at a bar. She was all about it. She wanted to be filmed fucking a jock. She was into it, dude. She was as much of a participant as I was. I mean, you can tell I, I, I'm given like this POV on my back. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going into this. <laughs> We're just talking about social media and the evils of society, and I'm giving a play-by-play on my amateur porn from 2002. <laughs> but <laughs> she's like, uh, I'm not going to get into this. I'll tell you guys later. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just saying, man, look. I listened to your last show, and I had to agree with you. I was nodding very vigorously when you were like, disc jockey groupies, and that's all you had to say. And I was like, I know where he's going with this. I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's like one step above being in a cover band and having groupies. It's not that much, you know. This one, (laughs) yeah. She was, yeah, she was hot, but she was batshit nuts. Well, of course. Just batshit crazy. The hot to good looking ratio is still always in effect. Yeah, I mean, it was like... Uh, or the hot to crazy ratio, I should say. She thankfully and mercifully was the kind of girl who would come over, do me, leave. Didn't want to sit there and talk. Didn't want to sit there and... Ch- I couldn't have a real conversation with her that didn't involve me putting my phallus in her mouth to shut her up at the end of it. Well, it's just, <laughs> You were both adults. You know what you were there for. She was I dropping exactly, all yeah. pretense. Exactly. That's what I liked about her. Let's not come talk. Over. I'm here to yeah. service you. At the beginning of this video, I have the camera sitting here. This isn't any play-by-play. It's just sort of the setup. But I have the camera and my waterbed. And uh, I hear her come over. She knows to walk in. (laughs) Shut up. It was a king-size waterbed. It rocked. I don't need your commentary. So anyway, I have my camera here. She knows to walk into the apartment. And I have it sitting here. I hear the door open. I turn the camera on. She walks in, starts taking her clothes off, and immediately goes down on me without even breaking stride. This is how. fucking gamer, dude. This is how clear our relationship was. (laughs) You are here to do me, and then you're going to go home. Ladies, let me me give you a little small piece of insight into the male mind. If you never see your man, and I used air quotes because they're good on a podcast, while it's daylight out, you've never met his family, his idea of feeding you is throwing you a couple double cheeseburgers off the fucking dollar menu. And pretty much he's like, you got to go before the sun comes up. You're not his girlfriend. Don't get it twisted. Don't think you are. Did I ever tell you how I had the nickname the Hamburglar when I was in high school? Because my idea of a date was McDonald's and a Happy Meal and a cornfield. <laughs> you did grow up in fucking but in, 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 right. around Jackson, didn't you? Jesus yeah, God. yeah. Jonesville County. Jonesville. I took my girlfriend. Uh, well, it wasn't really uh uh, I wouldn't call it a tour, but I pointed out different places that I used to go back in the day. To and that's where I used to fuck skanks who were dying of alcohol poisoning after I fed them a couple cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly how I put it. Did we wrap up the show yet, or is this all? <laughs> oh, this we should edit this out. <laughs> this is the one thing no one I do like about this show is that we can lighten this shit up after talking about this other stuff for two hours. I've been on the nice. Toddzilla Jonesville tour. It is yeah. quite entertaining. Oh, it should be. Yeah. Sometimes it's been willfully, sometimes it's been unwillfully, and it's four in the morning, and Todd wants to drive to Jonesville from Kalamazoo. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I haven't had that urge in many years. Thank God. Good times. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about that's serious? 
<laughs> Anything else you no, guys missed? Not tonight. No. No. <laughs> yeah. No, cool. we, we, uh, we, we shot our load with the, with the Toddzilla sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Do not title this episode the Toddzilla sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to title it. We're going to title it. No one gives a shit about the Toddzilla sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think all media, you know where to go. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Let's see you. Bye. Later. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.